This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is mildly, mildly excited that football is officially back. Uh, Now, Chelsea may have had 100 days off, but they kept their winning streak going with a 2-1 win away at Villa on Sunday. Uh, Now, while the whole world has fundamentally changed since Chelsea's last match, some things never change. Chelsea huffing and puffing but failing to put a poor team away. And of course, going behind to a sucker punch goal. Having only won one match in nine after going behind, I confess I was a little worried. Uh, But Super Frankie Lampard changed it all around, bringing on Pulisic and Barkley for Loftus-Cheek and Kovacic. And hey presto, sanity was restored with goals from Pulisic and Giroud within three minutes. But still, Chelsea's defensive nerves added to our own, and Villa could easily have stolen an undeserved point. All in all, though, a good day's work. Three points to extend our lead over United and Wolves to five points. Standout performances from Mount and Kante. Pulisic and Loftus-Cheek back. Giroud continuing to prove that he knows how to find the back of the net and, of course, has the best beard in the world. And no injuries that I'm aware of. Uh, Anyway, all set in the context of the first game back for three months. Ring rustiness was to be expected, but is that an excuse for the defence? Anyway, all will be revealed on Deja Villa, Chelsea fancast number 510. Uh, And on this uh, Motley crew, my goodness me, we have an assembled gathering tonight. Uh, He's he's disappeared. Does anybody know where he's disappeared? Oh, he's there. No, no, hold it, hold it, hold it. We have, in reverse order this week, I'm delighted to say, because it's been a long time since he's been on the show, um, and, and I mean, I, I, I speak to him all the time, obviously, because of me, me work for Football London, but I'm so delighted to have Ollie Harbord on the show tonight from Football London. Evening, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Um, I'm, I'm, as you know, because we had this chat the other day, uh, it's brilliant to have Ollie on tonight, because Ollie was actually at the game. 
which of course we were not yeah, allowed to be one of the very few yeah in, uh, villa park yeah, exactly was, uh, so a spectacle to say I, the least i'm uber excited to to hear uh what what uh, what that was actually like um yeah so we've got ollie on tonight brilliant to have ollie on uh of course we have also got uh somebody who we haven't seen for a, a long time which is very sad but that's because i keep doing shows which were set in the 1970s sorry about that dan dan uh-huh. silver's back in the house it's great to be back it's been longer than the football i'm delighted to be back yeah football is back dan silver is back uh now somebody who i have spoken to a lot recently on the fancast, largely because we have been setting it in the 1970s, is of course Tony Glover. Tony yeah. Glover, how the kinell are you? I'm I'm, I'm very well, uh, and and I, I I'm honoured by the fact you said about the 1970s comment because it makes me feel like young Mr. Grace. You are like young. You reeled me out to say they've all done very well. All done very well. Uh, right now, uh, there's a reason. Uh, you, you may be realising that you know somebody, somebody obvious is is missing at the moment uh, <laughs> that we haven't alluded to. Who normally by now we would have introduced, but of course haven't yet. Uh, there is a reason for that, which will all be revealed. And when I say revealed, I mean it. Jonathan Kidd, come in. Ta-da. How oh, the yeah. devil oh. are you? Sing. I'm about to sing, well, we please. should explain to this. Jonathan is about to sing in the nude. He is fulfilling his forfeit for being so whiny about Timo Werner. And because he's a man of his on- of honour, he's a man of honour and a man of his word, he said that on the Chelsea fancast, he would sing You Are My Chelsea naked. And we can have the proof for you later because we are recording this on video. Come in, Jonathan. It is an ungodly sight if ever there was one. Off you go. I'm a Chelsea, my only Chelsea. You make me happy when skies are grey. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you till you've taken my Chelsea away. Na 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 na. Ooh. Na 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 na. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Ah. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you till you've taken my Chelsea away. Na, 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 na. Oh! Ye gods, ye gods, ye gods, ye gods. Uh, I, I, I mean, how on earth can you respond to that apart from saying, Jonathan, is it a bit cold in your office? Yeah, it's, it's good, actually. It's a nice temperature. It suits nudity. Oh, dearie <laughs> me, dearie me. How are you? How are you? Good, thank you. Good, good. Slightly going mad, I think, as you'll probably appreciate in this lockdown. But, you know. Jonathan, how are you? Good, good. I'm good, thank you. Good. I enjoyed watching the football. In fact, I for- didn't realise how much I loved it. I realised... I, 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 I got really nervous for the, before the game. And I thought, God, this is a good sign, isn't it? Uh, so it was... Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really good. I've... Uh, I'm getting on with my dad's book and I've done a little uh, documentary teaser, which I think you you commented on, Chidge, didn't you? You were very nice about it. And um, uh, yeah, so no, it's uh, thank you. I'm managing and um, enjoying the uh, enjoying the um, the 50 years of Chelsea. I think they're terrific. Yeah. And, uh, Got another one tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. For Kelvin. For it. Yeah, no, well, I was the lion that year as well. Of I course. know. I know. No yeah. doubt we'll hear about that tomorrow for at yeah. least an hour. No, 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 no. Well, if you sure. let me. Well, I won't. <laughs> so it'll be good. It'll be good anyway. Or I mean, you know, 
Kelvin's brilliant. So we we are in for a treat tomorrow. You well, and I. Yeah. Well, as usual, we're just like having Mark on. We'll just sit back and let him get up with it. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I can't wait. Anyway, before we get onto that, uh, we obviously we've got lots of finally got some football to talk about oh, in some way, shape, or form. Um, so on the show tonight. Uh, we're going to talk to, well, as I said earlier, a minute ago, we're going to talk to uh, Football London's Ollie Harbord to find out just what it was like to be at a football match behind closed doors. We also discuss Frank's team selection and the performance being very much same old Chelsea. In part two, we take a look at Chelsea's defensive issues, applaud the subs who turn the game around and reflect on a good three points to have in the bag with only eight games to go. Because I do kind of see this as a mini league, like a, a separate competition to the Premier League. The, the B... DC League, the Behind Closed Doors League. But there you go. Anyway, part three, uh, we look at the run-in because I've, I've redone the table to take account of all of that. And uh, we're going to be looking ahead to this Thursday's match against Manchester City. That'll be a biggie. Uh, of course, that'll be the first one back at Stamford Bridge with nobody there. So I'm, I'm, I'm mixed feelings about that. Uh, part four, of course, we wrap up with your emails as we always do. And as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. Uh, loads of you in there tonight. Sorry for me dicking around with the technical issues earlier on, but oh, we've got loads of people. You can tell football's back. We've got more people, twice as many people as we've had in there when we were waffling on about the 1970s. What is it have you got against the 1970s? Me and Tony and Jonathan liked them. You know, anyway, yes, whatever. Good to see you all there. I won't name check you all because there are so many of you, but really, really good to see you there. Love seeing you in there. Uh, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast and the Instagram at Chelsea Fancast to get in touch. Tell us what you think about the show, anything else you like. Anyway, after this very short break, we'll be back to talk about the football. football it's back uh now as i said and now the third time i've said this ollie's gonna think i'm mad but he knows that i am anyway i really am i mean other than the fact i love ollie to bits i mean the opportunity to actually speak to somebody before we get into the whole machinations about what happened on on sunday but to speak to somebody who was actually at the game when all of us are not allowed to i'm almost tempted to say you can't ban a chelsea fan uh, ollie but probably would be a bit inappropriate how the devil was it it must have been weird yeah i think the first thing to say was very very surreal uh the whole experience even from driving into the stadium you know no fans outside waiting for players um there's a few kids hanging around a few of the villa kids kind of hoping that they'd get autographs but obviously that wouldn't happen um from then walking into the stadium and you know, hand sanitizers absolutely everywhere. No fans around whatsoever. Stewards kind of making sure everyone was two metres apart. And then going into the stadium, you know, I think it's only the second or third time I've actually been to Villa Park. And uh, to see it like that was a, was a very strange experience. And then I think the most surreal moment where it really hit home was when the Chelsea players sort of wandered out. Obviously, they don't really have to go out in this line anymore. They just wandered out and... There was only a few people applauding, and that was Bruce Buck and Petr Cech 
and a couple of the other directors that were also in attendance. And the, just the bemused look on the players' faces, you know, going out every every week to 40,000, 50,000 people and then absolutely nothing. It felt like I was back on the Hertfordshire Mercury days covering Hartford <laughs> versus Ware, I have to say. It was all very, very strange. Um, you know, great to be there, but it's, it's uh, let's just say, it's, it's not the future. It makes you realise just, you know, for Villa, they were not very good, obviously, but, you know, you could see where they would get 10% extra from the fans being there. But when they were up against it, you just knew that, Chelsea, if they kept knocking on the door, that something would eventually happen. And, and that's exactly and particularly what Particularly that last 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes of the game where we, as usual, dithered and, and, and they came forward. I think they, the, uh, they would have blown the ball over the line, actually. That's the impression I got. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just things like that. I think, I think you can see from the Bundesliga and you can see probably from the early, some of the early running in the Premier League that home advantage has gone away that a little bit more. Um, especially for some of those lower clubs. I think there's other advantages I think that Chelsea can take and and that is having five subs. I think the fact that Frank will be able to roll the dice a bit earlier and and with more oomph, if you like, early on in games like he did with Pulisic and Barkley um, will definitely benefit them um, more than it probably will do some of those clubs that don't quite have the squad size. So, Ollie, how, how many people were in? I mean, you know, I, I presume you were in the press box, but I mean, how did that all work? How many people were in yeah. the ground? What kind of people were there? Uh, not a press box I'm used to because it was more, I was in the back of the stand rather than the press box. So you, they, they, they uh, don't have a press box per se? So they, had, they had the press box, but they were spreading out so far that journalists were pushed all across the stand as well. So I was right at the back of the stand with no PowerPoint, uh, no Wi-Fi, which uh, wasn't the best for when I have to do a lot of online stuff. I have to, it's like to be being said, in gate so. 17, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, as I say, it was, be, it was back to my non-league days, I have to say. It was yeah. very, very surreal. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, all very spread out. Frank Lampard's press conference done over Zoom, as it has been pre- and post-match. Every Everyone will be done over Zoom. And then we're kicked out 60 minutes, bang on the dot after the game. Um, usually we're allowed an hour and a half, two hours, because managers, as you know, like to take their time over everything. But, uh, yeah, it's very much bang, 60 minutes out the door and uh, on your way. Yeah, and, and what about the players? I mean, how, I mean, like you wrote a, a good piece today in Football London about Kepper, which, which caught my eye. But, uh, you know, generally, how do you think the players cope with it? Uh, and, yeah, and secondly, I, particularly Kepper, to, to bring in your point about that. Yeah, it was just a bit of a different experience. You know, we're not used to hearing... I mean, you can hear the odd things in the stands, but you, you, it's kind of just really understanding kind of who are the the real talkers in the team, what the different personalities are like. I didn't realise quite how much Olivier Giroud complains during a game. Uh, there was one <laughs> moment where Aspilicueta tried to cross to him and he was so frustrated the cross was long that he gave this massive like roar and it just reverberated around Villa Park. It was quite intriguing. And yeah, just on the other Kepa point, you know, he's not the loudest. He doesn't have maybe the strongest voice, but it was most vocal in the first half when they were closer that actually he was a lot more commanding than I think some maybe give him credit for being actually there and listening to him and, and the ability to sort of switch from Spanish to English when he's talking to Aspie or Alonso and then Rudiger and Christensen. It just kind of gave me a little bit more of an appreciation of maybe his role and some of the other players' role as well. It was, it was a bit more of an interesting way of, of looking at it. And it'll be even more interesting at Stanford Bridge on Thursday, you know, because the press box there and the stand obviously being a lot more closer to where I was than when I was at Villa Park. Um, it'll be a really good insight, I guess, into into those sort of those characteristics that the players have. Mm, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, I started off watching it um, with the fake Atmos. I, I'd seen a few other games earlier in the week, 
and I decided that you know some noise was better than no noise at all and and then when I was watching Chelsea it just irritated me and and I kind of decided that what I wanted to do was to be able to hear the players what they were shouting and what the managers were shouting and, and particularly if Chelsea had clobbered somebody and hear them yelp in pain um, but I'm afraid it just left me cold, really, because it, I tell you what it, it, it reminded me of. I mean, we've all been to youth games here. I, that I do know. And I, going to those games always strikes me as really weird when you're at Stamford Bridge and you can hear all the players shouting and all of that. And it reminded me of that. It was a very, very weird experience. But uh, we, we should get on to talk about the football. It, it reminded me of watching okay. Chelsea when there are only 7,000 in there as well. When you were, which was going back to, I remember watching Joe Allen playing in a that'd be ninety one in a um, in a League Cup game, and uh, there were only seven thousand there, and exactly the same thing happened. You could hear the players mm. so much more. We had that in eighty nine, didn't we? When the stadium was closed off, the Middlesbrough game for the yeah. first six matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. interesting um, stuff. Let's talk about the football. And by the way, Ollie, bail out whenever you want, but stick around for as long as you like. That's fine. Okay, so I've got my fiftieth uh, Zoom quiz of the year well, I think, coming up uh, later yeah, on. With just just bail out whenever you want, mate. It's just it's a privilege to have you on tonight because of. Uh, the fact that you were actually there. Right, the team selection, of course, raised a few eyebrows. Uh, Kepa, Allison, Allison, Mind, mind warp for me. I think it's Allison, don't you? You I, think of it. Yeah, I know. Hair. That's Freudian slip. Freud, my therapist would yeah. have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Actually, it's because I've got the wrong glasses on and I can't read Alonso from this distance. Anyway, Alonso, Rudiger, Kustensen, Aspilicueta, Kovacic, Kante, Loftus, Cheek, Mount Giroud, William. So for me, the big thing really was that Oli Giroud... Uh, got chosen up front, so the Tammy A. Brown. Loftus-Cheek makes his first appearance for over a year. And, of course, Kante, or should we say Conte? Or indeed, uh, but did you see that thing on Twitter? Yeah, he, said, he, he says Conte, him. though, doesn't he? But Yeah, but he said, but then at the end, the guy said, oh, so it's so it's Conte then. And then it ended. And you go, what? No, no, what? no, no. <laughs> it was distinct. Uh, N'Golo, well, Can- N'Golo, N'Golo Kante said he likes to be called N'Golo Conte. But he said that the French was Conte. Yes, but he likes but he to be called, to be Conte. called that. Yeah, absolutely. If so it's I, good I, enough I for him, yeah, I, I yeah. bow down. But, but I still want to accept. He did say the French is Conte. Yeah, yeah. He gets called Conte no, because I've been taken to task as usual I know. for daring to say that it was Conte. Anyway, more to the point. Yeah, more to the point. N'Golo, yeah. N'Golo Conte another role yeah. played in the middle, which I thought was very, yeah. very interesting. Um, I mean, Jonathan, what did you think about the team selection? Um, I was surprised that um, that Gilmore didn't play, but then Conte hadn't been sorry. Conte hadn't been available before, so uh, it made sense that that was the structure he wanted to have. And if that was the case, then there was no place for Gilmore. It made sense. But I thought Giroud was exactly the right player to start because he he played so well um, with the wingers in the game in the game before. I mean, having said that though, I, f- I felt we were a winger light actually because Mount plays a little bit behind, doesn't he? Um, and we seem to be very full of midfield players. So perhaps that was a problem. It meant we weren't as incisive. But it was um, uh, it was intriguing to see. Of course, there was Loftus-Cheek was playing, but he, he bizarrely had a um, seemed very off the pace. And he I was been playing wide. That's not really a strong position. No, no, he? I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I just I just feel though that that I'm, I get slightly annoyed by the the excuses that people make by saying, well, it's his first game back, he hasn't played for a year. We're, we're, not, we're not dealing with that kind of situation here. These are elite players. And if he can't provide uh, a service in this situation, well, he, what happens is he goes off after 50 minutes because it wasn't working. 
which yeah. I think well, is... Oh, well, first, I think he was out of position. I think he should be played. They should have him out first. We are going to talk about Loftus-Cheek for all of those who haven't read the haven't read the notes yet. We will talk about him later. We will talk I, about I, him. Okay, I, want, okay. I want to pick yeah. up on that later. I tell you what, though. Think about Mount. I wonder what Tony thinks of this. I think if you play Mount and William, you can almost have them tucked in behind Giroud. So you're playing a two behind Giroud. Because Giroud, of course, is more than capable of playing the lone striker role brilliantly, holding the ball up on all of that, which means you can have, you know, Aspie careering down the right as he was, uh, Alonso lumbering down the left as he was. So you can get your width from them, let alone Loftus-Cheek and, uh, and Kovacic. So, you know, I'm not so bothered about Mount, you know, being on the Roving. wing when he's not really on the wing. But he's it, very versatile. Yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon, Tone? Yeah, and and I I I I I hark back to the days of Robin and Duffy swap sides independently, or, or you know, which Pulisic and William did in the second half, probably. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 it confuses and and it kind of torments defenders um, because they don't know who they're having to mark or where they are, and and, uh, and I got a bit of that yesterday. I'm I'm a little surprised at some of the negativity that's gone around the game overall. I thought the the team selection was okay. I was a bit surprised that Ruben's off his cheek. On the basis that nobody else who wasn't picked had not done enough to deserve it, I think it was a bit of a gamble. I would have had him on the bench and brought him on um, had we had we had a lead. Um, I, I just think it, it patently wasn't working. Even by half time, I was looking at it thinking he's he's not quite there. But uh, I'm, a, I'm I'm a tad surprised. I know you're going to talk about sort of defence and all this sort of stuff, but we won the game. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I'll tell you that just. I'm interested in Ollie's point, um, and it's good to see you, Ollie, in the flesh. Actually, see you. Um, Chidge described you as someone in their fifties. No, I have not. <laughs> it's a slander. With a long beard. A a long beard. Yes. <laughs> You're trying to get me fired, Tony. For fuck's sake. Looking like looking like Gandalf. That's what you say. <laughs> Um, but Only because he's so wise and sagacious. That's why. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this. Right? Um, on the, I, I preferred listening with the the, the fake noise. Um, I found myself watching games earlier in the week with the just the, the ground sound that was there, and I thought I, I could be on a park on a Sunday morning watching this. It just doesn't actually have anything. I'd rather I'd rather the veneer of of the fake noise. However, because people as it had a very first game of the season feel about it, like you said, Chich, right? Almost like a first game of the season. And it occurred to me last night that, you know, um, Killing Joke, Spear of Destiny, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, to name some of them bands, probably played venues in their early days in front of three people. Did they do their greatest performances then? I doubt it. When you haven't got the crowd there, you're not feeding. And, And Jonathan, as an actor, surely you would know that on the stage or... I have it, done my best performances, Tony, in front of one and two. Yeah, but you get my... Ge- in general, give your best performance. In general, you feed oh. off the crowd. Tony, well, Tony, 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 Tony. Pat Nevin wrote an article a couple of weeks ago on the... Which I ref, didn't I, funnily enough, I think, Ollie, and one of the pieces for you, but... yeah. Pat Nevin wrote an article saying that you cannot underestimate the symbiosis between yes. a team of footballers and what a 40,000 crowd can do to lift yes. them. So I, I, I agree with a, you. So my, my musical analogy was, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin in the early days playing in front of 20 people in a pub 
probably Jimmy Page thinking I'm one of the world's greatest guitarists, but this lot don't give a shit. They just want to have a beer. Or in front of, you know, I don't know, at the reunion, 30,000 people at the O2, the performance, the, you, it lifts, it lifts both sides. And like you said, that symbiosis. So I'm not so disappointed with it. I'm, I'm, I was a, I'm a little taken aback by some of the negativity I've seen, certainly on social media. You didn't like my tweet. You had a go at me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> why? Excuse me. Why am I the whipping person? Here? You're not. I just think it's quite funny Good. that you I get such a such a lot of grief because I think it's funny. Good. <laughs> because you wind people up on Twitter, and I think it's hilarious when you get involved in all of the. I, see, I don't engage in this rubbish. So I've it, noticed. It, it, not I a word from you. Nothing. No. no like man I, of mystery. Exactly. What is about this. Silence. Exactly. No, don't let them, don't, don't give them don't give them what they want, mate. That's the point. Anyway, <laughs> listen to what you said. I, I think, as you said, <laughs> I, I, I think Giroud was the right person to start yesterday. Yeah. Um, I've become very he, fond of Giroud, Tony. I don't yeah. know about about it, you. It, indeed. And do you know what? It, there's he has he has in not the same kind of blustering way, but he has a touch of the drogbas about him. Defenders hate him. Yeah. Yeah. All elbows. Strong, isn't he? He's really strong. the corner. Who's there? Tony, I just want to I want to talk to Ollie for a second because um, the thing that uh, strikes me is very interesting. Um, You know, and of of course, you know, Frank said, didn't he, in the in the presser afterwards that that Loftus Cheek had earned his right to start in the side, and and I think it is a weird kind of thing. You know, we cannot. We cannot pretend that 100 days have passed since we last played. So Frank has to go on what he sees on the training pitch now. And he was very effusive about Ruben Loftus-Cheek. So I'd, I'd like you to talk about that. But also, what's, where's Jorginho? What's going on with Jorginho? Not even in the suspended. squad. Well, he's suspended. Okay, he's thank suspended you. There him. you go. I made like, see, 100 days and my memory goes even worse than it was. So that would explain that. So there's nothing untoward there then. No. Um, no. There's a couple of things I'd say on Loftus-Cheek, I think. I mean... Lampard mentioned it after the game that he he felt that Villa would tire as well, and mm-hmm. so he thought that starting Loftus Cheek would give him a bit of a chance to to get some minutes, and then he could bring on Pulisic, and he did Barkley, and he he spoke about that, and maybe then when the game is slightly more stretched, that they would be able to open up a bit more. The other thing about Loftus Cheek is he did play that in the preseason or preseason friendly against QPR, yeah. and he scored a couple of times, and also the other thing is. Willian and Pedro still haven't signed contract extensions and that runs out tomorrow. So when you talk about the shortness in the winger situation, you know, Pedro is looking very, very unlikely to sign a contract extension now until the end of the season. Willian is still on the verge. It's not done yet. So he needs some players in that role. So he's looking at Loftus-Cheek. He'll look at Mount. Hudson-Odoi is still not match fit, as we know. Um, Pulisic, obviously, will be there. So he needs a player like Loftus-Cheek to fill that role otherwise he's looking to the kids uh if he's going to go with that you know tino andrian tino uh livramento who's another youngster who's not played you know it's it's one of those situations where playing lost the chic in that wide area is a bit of a means to an end as well for the rest of the season because he might be used having to use him in that role where i agree i, I don't think that's his best position at all i, I like well, him what, in the what do you 10. think his best position is i like him in the number 10 personally where he can pick up the ball in space and run it defenders and make things happen there he showed some good signs on the left of the three in midfield as well but you know he it's not i don't think wing is his best position i I think it's quite clear to see that he hasn't got got the pace either has he? he's not quite no he doesn't i mean he's big he's strong you want to drive him from midfield where you want to you know it's now to the end of the season 
Is Pedro going to Roma? Is that yeah, happening? that's look, that's looking very, very likely that that's going to happen. And he doesn't want to be. He, it's a bit like Timo Werner. Timo Werner not wanting to play in the Champions League. He doesn't want to get himself injured. He wants to prepare with his new team, and and that's going to be the same for Pedro. Willian is still, you know, it's still a chance that could be done by tomorrow. Um, but you have to make, you know, you have to prepare for it, really. And uh, at the is moment, he's still asking. Do you know, is he still asking for the three-year contract? The... Yeah, I, I think that that's that's looking ever so unlikely that that deal is going to going to happen. But um, you know, Lampard definitely wants him until at least the end of July, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. deadline for that is is tomorrow, which is uh, <laughs> coming around pretty quickly for that to get done. So, what happens if it says so on the twenty-third he's free to move on, or could they sign him? On a month to month next week, or has it got to be done by no, tomorrow? Uh, the 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 regulation was that it had to be done by tomorrow. So you've okay. seen Spurs come out with, I think it was Vertonghen today, announcing that his contract's been extended. Yeah. Um, you've seen obviously Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth has decided not to extend his deal. Yeah. Um, and that's it's a very similar situation to the end of deadlines. Yeah, deadlines. We're buying him. We'll be buying him then. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody will pick him up on a free. I mean, the question is with everyone coming in, is, is there going to be space for him anyway? If, you know, Havertz comes in and Werner and everybody else, is there actually going to be space for him in the squad to get any minutes if well, we're looking forward to next season? Ryan, Fra- Ryan Fraser. Uh, I mean, he's not... He's not at the standard of... of oh, no, sorry, I meant William staying at oh, William, William yeah. staying. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I think if you look at this season as well, four, <coughs> wingers, four wingers is almost a prerequisite, requisite, yeah. really, because the amount of injuries you've seen from Hudson-Odoi already. Yeah. Pulisic has had a bit of injury trouble even before he joined Chelsea at Borussia Dortmund. You know, injuries happen a lot, especially for these wingers who get kicked up in the air every time yeah. they, they try and go by. So... You know, Lampard is very keen to make it happen. That's, but club, that's an, it's an interesting thing about Willian, isn't it, actually? Because he's he's pretty robust. You look back at his Chelsea career, he's very rarely out injured for a long time. You know, and that's fair play to him. Um, let's move this on a tad. Did you think um, he played well yesterday? Do you think William played well? Yeah, I, I did, he had, actually. He was, was, was William. He, he doesn't yeah. very rarely has a 10 out of 10. He's always other, kind of other than the corner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let, let's, yeah let's, move, let's move it on a tad. Um, because, you know... Some things never change, do they? Chelsea could probably be away for 10 years and you know when they come back that they would dominate a side, pulverise Villa in many respects for 40 minutes and then concede an absolutely unbelievably stupid sucker punch goal. I mean, you know, cliches are written for Chelsea Football Club. If you don't score when you're on top, you get punished. That would be on page one, wouldn't it? And I've got to say, you know, I mean, in a sense, as I said, it encapsulated Chelsea's season. But I mean, what a stupid goal to concede, JK. I'm sorry. It was arse gravy. We seem to be incapable of dealing with these whipped crosses. I know. Mind you, it was a good cross, let's be fair. A very good cross. But nonetheless, there was kind of panic ensued. You could just see it. And also the reaction after the ball had been brilliantly saved by the shot, which saved by Kepa was everybody just stood about, almost accepting the, expecting the ball to be in the net, which I thought better defenders would have been absolutely... Well, Christensen was very tardy, wasn't dawdling, he? A lot of dawdling was going on. But yeah. um, uh, it, it's that... It, it's Once again, it's something that we had great difficulty with before. I mean, having said that, I thought uh, Christensen is a... Um, somebody posted something on Twitter about uh, Christensen's ability to actually find players with intricate passes, which is, uh, which is really excellent. He's really terrific at that, but he's... He's slightly lacking in the in the odd defensive moment, like at um, the free kick at the very end, where he just similarly just left left players and just seemed to be dawdling about. But um, I think he's too um, weak to be a top centre half. 
I think that may be the problem. He's, he's almost like he passes like a midfielder. And he's not do- airy dominant. The amount of times he's, I think it was it was Charleston this season. Everton he got beat into the ball. He's just, yeah. just yeah. he's technically a good player, but I think he's too weak to be a really dominating centre half. Because you look at Rudiger, they're similar builds, but Rudiger is big. Yeah, he's, he's a big really boy, strong. isn't he? Dan, what, Dan, what did you think about it? Do you think because I mean, you know, um, what's his name? Redknapp, Jamie Redknapp. Uh, st- singled out Christensen for dawdling and not getting back to the reacting to the second well, ball. And I mean, come on, it's basic stuff, isn't it? As a defender, it's all about the second well, ball. He was, but he, was, he uh, wasn't. He wasn't the only one, Dan. I thought well, Mount, Mount and Aspie were pretty lax in their marking as well. Well, if you look at the pictures floating around Twitter, you look at there's like four Chelsea defenders all like a semicircle, nowhere near the ball. There's no one anticipating the second ball to come back up. Exactly. And there's three video players, and I think it was. Really could play him on side, but he was at the left hand side and he couldn't get anywhere near the ball. It was shocking marking. And mm. then, there's no midfielders tracking back with the runners. And he had, he had a free shot. I mean, yes, he scuffed it into the net, but it was, it was really poor marking. It really was. poor. Tony, it was a what... great ball in, keep him in a good save. Maybe argue could have put it behind for a corner, but then you, you'd be, you know, a little bit harsh. A bit, bit mean, a bit harsh. A bit harsh, yeah. Tony, what say you, my friend? Uh, I, I. <laughs> God, look, this is going to really choke me. I agreed with Jamie Redknapp. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the key culprit was that Christensen was ball-watching. Um, and the more I see of him, the less convinced I am that he's part of the future um, in in any part of our back four. Well, I, I, I know people are a bit, you know, but Rudiger is trying to do everything. I think, I, I don't know, I, what I see from Christensen is a lack of, uh, awareness, um, and I think it's been on on occasions. I'm not saying he, he always has a bad game, but for me, if you were looking to swap out a centre back, unless and Ollie might know better, unless we've got anybody else coming through um, who who's who's in that kind of. The thing I like about Rudiger is he's 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 as pissed off as I am when he's what when he's in the game. He, he seems quite angry, and I like that in a defender. Whereas with Christians, I get this kind of. I don't know. It, it, it might be stereotypical, uh, kind of Nordic kind of yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but Olaf, look at Olaf Melberg back in the day. I think I'm really because our best centre half. I well, think, let, let's let's get into this because I've got to be honest with you. I, you know, I mean, okay, look look at this. We we've scored the fourth highest goals in the league, and yet yeah. we've conceded as many goals as fucking Burnley this season. Yeah. I mean. You know, the problem that Chelsea have, in my humble opinion, is at the back. And for me, none of our central defenders, Tamori, Christensen, Rudiger or Zuma, none of them are world-class stroke good enough. That is the area. It's all right getting Timo Werner and Zayech and Havertz and Uncle Tom Cobley and all. We need to address this issue with the defence. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We need to address this issue with the defence. And I tell you what we need. We need someone with experience and leadership qualities, as well as ability. We need a Virgil van Dijk. We need somebody of that capability. Otherwise, we will not be competing for the title or, or in your deep in European competition. Well, I, think, I was going to say, I think, I think also the problem with Kepa is, just digressing slightly, he's had no real protection. So that's why he's, he's maybe not been you know, as good that. as Kepa. But I think really because our best centre-half. Yeah. I think he's you put him alongside a, a real world-class centre-half and you've got a great pairing. Yeah. I think Zuma... But he's like good. a Gary Cahill to John Terry. Yeah, exactly. But you want he's him not there, a Ricky think... Carvalho. Didn't no. Cahill play well for Palace? He did. 
Yeah. Well, that the Cahill's got done and dusted. But I think. He, but there's he, good and there's world class, Dan. There's yeah, good I don't, and there's exactly. world class. But who, 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 else, who else is world class to centre halves out there? Well, right I tell now? you, yeah. mate, I, we're struggling, aren't we? Koulibaly, 30, I think. I mean, Thiago of, Silva, I mean, 35. Varane, just, not available. Would anyone take Thiago Silva for a year? Uh, do you know what? To, to sharpen up the likes of Tomori and Zuma. And uh, and Christensen, I I would be tempted. He would be he so good for dark year's contract, though. He wouldn't want a year's contract. He'd be he thirty-five. He's not going to get two years unless he goes to Qatar or America. Thiago Silva is a little shit of a player. Yeah, he teaches all about the dark arts. He would really tell you how to pick some of these bollocks when the referee can't see it. That's what you want because they're all too nice. Zuma, I love Zuma, but I don't think he's good enough. Christensen's too weak. Tomore seems to fall out of flavour, but he looks good. And player. young. And young. I like I like Rudiger. Rudiger's the only one who's who points and gesticulates and gets angry in that that four. But, you know, but you know, he's very he's still fallible though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. They're all fallible. I think Aspilicueta's on yeah. his way out. I hate to say it. Yeah, but that, I think that's, that, I, I think you know Aspie's been good for us. Oh, um, he has I, been. I, he's, he has pr- been. His problem is that he's he's now on the downward curve of the bell yeah. curve. But you know Ollie, who is far more uh, in the know than all of us, apart from possibly Jonathan. Because Jonathan, well, Jonathan's always on Twitter, uh, re, you know, refusing to believe any of these rumours. So you know, Jonathan therefore has. I to know do everybody who are about, who are supposedly about to sign. You know, Chid. I know you do. I know, but I mean, Ollie, Ollie it's it's Ollie's business uh, to know this stuff. So look, we're all. I, I'm going off on a rant about the fact that we we need a a world class central defender to take us to the next level. Who is out there? Who's on the radar? Well, I, I agree with. Dan, I don't think there are many no. really, especially at this transfer window, in what is going to be a very weird transfer window as well, and when it falls and and the players that are going to be available. I mean, you look at Upamecano from RB Leipzig, who's had another very good year, but he's only about twenty-one. You need, you do need experience. Thiago Silva, too I mean, old. I think, isn't he, be, really? I think it's a big ask to get him to come across to the Premier League at thirty-five. And and adapt straight away without a preseason as well. It's going to be going straight into a season. What I think... about? Oh, I was going to say what about? Uh, uh, but I guess it's the problem of youth again. But if Villa get relegated, as looks potentially well, like Mings, Tyrone Mings not be a. I don't think it's good enough. I think also Kudabali is going to be too expensive at twenty nine. They're not going to invest thick end I mean, of seventy million quid in him. The thing is with the Tyrone Mings, will he really improve what's there at the moment? I'm not, I'm not convinced he will. I think it's it's a good option as a backup, but again, is he really going to be somebody to completely change the defensive line? I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I'll take him over Ake if we're signing a centre back. Oh, I'll take him over Ake. No, left footed, left footed centre back could be quite useful as well, just to open the game up a little Ake's, bit. Ake is too short though. Ake's problem is he's he's is not there anybody, enough. Let's not resuscitate Ake. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know Ake's not. But is there somebody enough. from a lower, like you know, a Scott Dan or something, or a or a big centre half who's nice. I mean, totally guys, 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 we, we need, we look, Liverpool, right, who've not won the Premier won, League right. title ever, you know, Klopp's a decent manager, whatever one thinks about him, he's a decent manager, he says, what do I need to give us a chance of winning the title? I've got a bloody good uh, forward line, I've got a decent midfield, I've got good, wing, I've got good left backs, right backs, what do I need? I know, I'll go and get the best central defender in the world. Who's that? Virgil van Dijk. Thank you very much. Hang on, one of you, one of you. Southampton, he was not the best centre-back. He was very highly rated. He was very good. Didn't Conte want him, but they weren't... Months with with Liverpool were quite torrid. 
but Klopp persevered with him. That's the difference, is that Klopp persevered and saw something. And we're sitting here going, well, no, Tyrone Mings isn't good enough, this isn't good enough, that isn't good enough. Like, we want to buy this ready-made footballer, which Van Dijk wasn't. He became that. Well, I think, I think, no, I, I think, know. no, I disagree. No, 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 no. Van Dijk approved himself at Celtic and Southampton. Yeah, exactly. He was a very good, yeah. good defender. And also, I just and think Holland, he, we should say. Yeah, Van, Van Dijk was pretty much having ready when they brought in Liverpool. He just had to fit into the Liverpool way, and he's playing alongside Dejan Lovren and dodgy centre half, so he didn't really have a lot of competitions. Well, I, I now think also these these issues don't get fixed over one window. I think that's the, yeah. that's the thing as well. It's quite clear that. Lampard has made it very clear to the board and, and he obviously made it clear in January as well. He wants to sort out the attacking side of it. When he talks, when he, you know, in press conferences throughout the whole season, he's been bemoaning the fact that they have, they're not clinical enough. So he's looked at this transfer when they've gone, right, Timo Werner, we can get him on a release clause and he's scored 26 goals in the Bundesliga. Right. Hakim Ziyech, amazing assists throughout. I know obviously the area of Viz, you might be talking about that, but, you know, he's then sorting that out. And then I think over the next transfer windows, he, if he's given time, I think that's the key. Managers at Chelsea don't aren't genuinely given the time. Is, is there a sea change though? Because if he read all the stuff surrounding Timo, that Lampard had a conversation with him, he would exactly, say, "I'm not yeah. going to be sacked in the next window." So maybe they have they have realised that you know Harum Farum is not the way forward. I think if, the, if Liverpool's a, model, Liverpool's yeah. model was great with Klopp. Klopp's had four years, and you know what? I'd take where Liverpool are now. If Frank gets four years. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely he's obviously sold that to Timo Werner because of yeah. the conversations he's had with him from what he's said anyway that you know there is a project going on and Antonio Rudiger spoke today about how he convinced him to come over so there must be a feeling that there's a there's a building as well, well but um, you know it's, it's whether he is given time it, it's, it's the football they played yesterday in spurts even though they couldn't score was was terrific there was some yeah. terrific moves well, the Everton game before lockdown was. Yeah. Incredible yeah. football. It was indeed. And we're going to talk about that in, in uh, part two coming up. I, I think just to put a, a line under under my moaning about the defence uh, and, and what we need is that, you know, we're ending up in a situation where it's we're, we're like Newcastle under Keegan. You know, we have to score. Th- I mean, hands up anybody who I can actually see sitting in front of me in Zoom who felt comfortable with Chelsea 2-1 up. No, nobody chance. puts their hand up. I think there we go, right. QED. I mean, that's the problem. We have to score two, three, four goals before we feel fa- fairly safe that we're going to get the three points. Anyway, the only time I've ever felt, had that feeling, Mourinho. My Chelsea supporting yeah. time was with Mourinho. Exactly. All right, yeah. uh, quick uh, blast out for the uh, the CFC UK, the world's greatest ever fanzine. I. No word of a lie. Uh, right. Um, now, uh, obviously, that we're still putting them out, uh, even though uh, we've been on lockdown. But there is, a, there is a really special one out at the moment, which you need to get, you need to get your hands on, okay? It's the only one ever produced uh, that is just pictures only. So you don't have to read my rubbish, uh, which is probably very good for you, uh, although the other people you'll sorely miss, no doubt. But the reason for this is a special charity version, and all the money that we raise from this, the selling of this one, which is slightly more expensive at £6, by the way, because the money will go to Help for Heroes, Leukemia UK, Help Them Help Us, and Stoll, Stoll being our neighbours next door who look after uh, the war veterans. Uh, so there you go. So it's a photo-only edition of the fanzine, feet featuring photographs from the past decades. There's some great photos in there. Thankfully, there's only one of me and my ugly mug. Uh, but anyway, the the idea is to raise 500 quid for charity. As I said, it's £6, inclusive of postage within the UK. Um, and how do you get it? Well, it's easy, really. You just basically email 
your address to cfcuk at gate17.uk and you pay via PayPal using the same email address, which is cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. Get on it, people. We'll be back after the break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This, of course, is ye old Chelsea Fancast. Delighted to be back talking about meaningful football oh my god i'm so excited although i don't really sound it do i but anyway i'm stanford chich moderately excited stanford chich and i'm joined by an absolute world-class assemblage of fan punditry talent and a professional by the name of oliver harbord from football uh, football london Good evening. There How we go. You? Well done, Ollie. Looking very slick <laughs> back. Me and me, Ollie and Tony are in a competition for who's got the longest lockdown hair. I think Ollie might be winning actually. But we've also got the wonderful Tony Glover. Good evening, bonsoir, willkommen, bienvenue. It's good, good to have you in the house, Tony, as always. And we've got the wonderful Dan, Dan Silver, who's uh, so good to be back. Who's got very little hair? Yeah, he's got upside down hair. He's got more on his face yeah, exactly. than he has on his head. Yeah, I finally used a, a clippers on the weekend and it's not bad for the first attempt anyway kiddo's disappeared yeah. but he'll, he'll be back soon don't you worry about that right we kind of I, thankfully allowed me to have a moan about the the defense you, you, the, you know with good reason but really looking with an eye on the future now is the time to go back to the football uh and you know we go in at half time one nil down i'm worried as i said because you know sky very helpfully flashed up the stats that uh, we've only won once when conceding first this season in nine and, and had eight defeats, which is like just what I needed at the time. But it didn't matter because Frank had it all sorted out and he brought on uh, Barkley for Kovacic, which I thought was a bit mm, a bit Sarri-like, really. Uh, and he also brought on Christian Pulisic for Loftus-Cheek on 55 minutes. Now, you know, we're going to talk about Loftus-Cheek in a minute, but um, I thought it was really good to see Pulisic back. And I think one of the things that's really kind of excited me about this break that we've had and then coming back is the likes of Pulisic, Tammy Abraham, uh, N'Golo Conte particularly are now all fit. So he's got a completely fit squad to to deal with. And Pulisic was was showing, you know, flashes of a really, really good player before he he got a bit crocked uh, in the kind of the the late winter. And lo and behold, uh, great cross by Aspie. Fantastic finish, I have to say. Fantastic finish by Pulisic. One all on 60 minutes, and then three minutes later, Aspie again, you know, who, by the way, I think had a fantastic game. We need to talk about that in a minute. But he puts the through ball to Giroud, uh, who swivel shoots, makes it 2-1 on 63 minutes. But again, with that Giroud goal, I think it was Mason Mount who who kind of made that goal with a, with a lovely bit of build-up play uh, before that. But Giroud, again, you know, he he, he really makes... That's what he does so well, I think. He holds up that ball so well. And I've got a lovely stat for you about Giroud before we waffle on about it. Uh, he scored as many goals for Chelsea, 22, uh, as uh, Andrei Shevchenko, that absolute legend of Chelsea Football Club. Uh, no, I'm joking, obviously. But he scored as many goals as Andrei Shevchenko in his 50th Premier League game. So, Mr. Kidd, uh, yeah. the substitutions, they worked, Nespa. 
uh, very well. I, I have to say, I don't didn't see see our friend Ross contributing much, but um, uh, he didn't I give the ball was, away much. To be fair, no, which is rare. Yeah. Or get caught. That's what he normally get, does. Get caught in possession, which was normally his um, his thing. But um, uh, I think it also it, it just re-energized them because uh, I, I think as um, uh, um, as Ollie had said earlier, they they uh, they got a bit knackered, Villa, in the second half. I think having to chase around so much. So um, I, it, it was just a, a good change of having two um, clearly very fit. I was impressed by the fitness of the team actually all the way through. I thought because the other teams have been worried about whether uh, they've been able to maintain their fitness levels, considering they've not actually played for three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, 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 I was in. I was impressed. Yes, the, clearly the substitutions had a. Um, had a big uh, effect on the game, other than a later substitution that um, that uh, seemed to um, the player who came on seemed to be wearing Wellingtons. But um, we'll, we'll James, <laughs> and, uh, indeed, yeah. indeed. But um, uh, you know, I thought Pulisic is, a, as you say, is a is a great option. Um, uh, and I'll be intrigued. My my fear is, is where does Gilmore fit into this setup? Because uh, um, uh, he, he suited. The, the the whole the, the four nil against Everton he was absolutely superb yeah. and using Giroud as the as the, the the focus in that was just it seemed to work so well with the two wingers and so, so as I said I wasn't surprised that Giroud started but uh, uh, it means that if Kante plays right in the middle then I, I can't see Gilmore having having much time I, I couldn't even see him getting on um, because if he's playing centrally which he does you've got to bring on Barkley and another. But but JK, you know, Billy Gilmore, Billy Goat Gilmore, as we should say, is, is, you know, he has got time on his side. Oh, yeah. No, you I'm know, he, he is only 16, 17. So, you know, we don't know if, if Kante will, will, will you 18. know. Is he 18 now? 19 now. Is he 19? God, that break was a long time, wasn't it? Yeah. Three years, three years long. <laughs> Jesus, who knew? But I mean, look, the reality is that he has got time on his side. Kante won't be with, sorry, Conte won't be with us forever. Uh, I, I wonder, even though I obviously being a complete spanner, forgot that Jorginho had a, uh, you know, a suspension. But uh, I, I, where will he play? Where does he fit in? Well, do I, I don't know if he's going to be around much longer. And I mean, you know, you need, you know, we you will... believe that he's going to, to Juventus. Then I, I don't believe well, anything until I see it happen. Last the season. But I, look, can I just say I thought I thought that the performance in the first half was. I don't know what you think, Tony. Was very reminiscent of a Sarri performance. I actually awesome. thought the ball not going any other than Mount shot. Yeah, I had it more down as a, a kind of Wenger Arsenal. Um, lots of lovely sideways passing. Wasn't that what Sarri did? Didn't you say that Sarri and Wenger were, were related? Well, I'm saying that there was a similarity in stubbornness and an inability to try a plan B. Uh, come on, Wenger. Wenger, um, not, there wasn't a cross in that Arsenal team of Wenger's in the first couple of years ever. It was everything along the floor. And... I saw a bit of that yesterday. There was a, a game a few years ago, I don't know if you remember, we beat Arsenal 3-0. They absolutely dominated the possession. I can't remember who was our manager at the time. Um, and, and and we just done them 3-0. And it was a fantastic game. There's this fabulous little viral video going around of the, the two guys in the UFC thing where one of them's doing all of this. And the other bloke's just a big, like, look like Dan, skinhead bloke with a beard or whatever. And there's this other guy's doing all these kung fu kicks around him and the bloke just goes, bang, knocks him down. <laughs> And I was like, that's that's exactly what it was. Yesterday, yesterday, what I saw was was a lot of Arsenal-esque passing. Look, 
To be I, fair, I was... Tony, Tony. To be fair, you know, and I, and I don't want to sound like a broken record here. And and I know you 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 were and Jonathan were were saying it, it shouldn't really matter, but they they've not played a, a competitive match for no. over a hundred days. You know, we, we we all say this. When we start the, the podcast at the beginning of the season in August, we always say, look, you know, they're going to be ring rusty. They're not going to be match yeah. sharp. They're not going to be as clinical as they need to be. And yeah. to be fair, they were firing off shots. I mean, Mount in the first half, did an absolute pile driver, which on another day goes in the top corner. Great save. Great, Great save. save, wasn't it? Exactly. Um, you know, so I, I'm not, I'm, I, you know, I, I agree. I, interestingly enough, the one time I, 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 I kind of agreed with you and said, you know, mm, this is all a bit ticky tacky rubbish. Loftus Cheek was involved at the time. Uh, first half it was, you know, and I thought, oh, for God's sake. But other than that, I just thought, you know what? You know, this is ring rustiness. They'll get yeah. it together. It had, I, I said at the beginning of this fan cast, it, it had very much first game of the season feel about it. Okay, look, look, you get the first game of the season, there's a lot of build-up, there's a lot of excitement, it's the fans that are generating that, but the players, first games of the season are really brilliant. Um, uh, uh, I mean, one of the most exciting ones I've seen in recent years was Burnley beating us 3-2 at, at the bridge, which you can say what you like about it, but it was a fucking exciting game. It was absolutely, you know, fantastic. You know, we were down to nine men, and people were going, it was all Conti's fault. I was like, how's it his fault we were down to nine men? Uh, but we played superbly with nine men. It, but, but generally, it, it's more the expectation absolutely outweighs the actual fare that's delivered back by the players. And I felt that a bit about yesterday. However, Villa um, are in a, a, a pretty uh, invidious position. You know, they're, they're, they're looking more and more like they're going to go down. Um, they're at home. It matters not a job when you haven't got fans there. You haven't got that intimidation factor of the fans and the and this sort of stuff. Um, and, and they set out to defend. Now you know they they took advantage of of yeah sure some some you know bang average defending by us. But ultimately, I think um, I think I think it, again it was Jamie Redknapp. What the hell is going on in my life? While I start agreeing with him a lot. Oh, um, sad times. But he, he actually said, obviously, it would have been an absolute travesty had Chelsea not won that yeah, game. And he'd have been right. And, and I think as, as we got on, as we went on in the game, that kind of, that kind of if you like, ring rustiness or whatever you want to call it, you know, the, 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 the brand new gears all started to just, the, the chafe started to come off and it started to look better and better and better. And I thought we looked more likely to get a third than they did to get an equaliser. I know they the last 10 minutes till the last 10 minutes surely the last 10 minutes we just sat back and yeah uh, but that's that was squeaky ball time time, wasn't it I mean that head that shot from uh Jota was it Jota yeah wow yeah, yeah, house, I mean, the house that, had a good chance to meet a, yeah. to header as well. You could put your house on him scoring. You had that written down, didn't you? Yeah, I've heard that today. Ultimately, objective now has been such a truncated season because of COVID. I mean, arguably, if we if we scrape through four spots, is it that important how we play? We've got ourselves in a good position because no. United, United drop points, Spurs drop points, Wolves have got to be a danger because they play very well. We're in a strong position. I just think it's all about just getting enough points to go through to secure top top four. Do you know what it's like, Dan? And I tell you, you know, people think that I, I'm just mad, which is probably true. But I come out with these things like the BDC League and this is like a, a separate league from the Premier League. 
I, I'm not mad. I'm, a, I'm it be the B C D behind closed. I mean the B. Yeah, I'm thinking of the darts, aren't I? I keep trying to work <laughs> out. Yes. I've got my mind on the darts. You're dead right. The B C D spoken in proper B B C English. No, no. Pedants are welcome in my club, particularly when I'm wrong. Um, yeah, the behind closed doors league, as uh, I, I, you know, coined the term, it is actually a mark of my hidden genius because actually, what this is like, Dan, it's like a World Cup. Yes, it's yeah. nine matches. We've got to win nine matches or get enough points from those nine Four. matches to finish fourth. So a bit like yeah. a World Cup, you need to we'll one win, third. one win, one loss, and a draw will get you into the next round of the World Cup, and then it's knockout. There That's is. where we are. Very famous, I think, I'm sure it's Phil Mickelson, the golfer, who said... Not the darts in, player. When they go into the last day of the of a, of a major competition, the person who wins when the, the leaders go out is usually the person who makes the least amount of mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Less, we, we, you know, United, United Spurs, Wolves, want to be where we are. Yes. That's, that's the most important thing. You, know, you think from our last nine games, we probably need to get five wins. Yeah, I'd imagine. I think that there's definitely five wins out there. I mean, getting five points clear of Wolves and United after that first round of matches, I think, is, is really important. And the and other thing I will say is, I mean, I know that we can nitpick about how well we played and the defence being bloody atrocious as always. Yada, 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 yada. It's about the win. Everybody is... Yeah. I mean, if you've seen a lot of these matches, everybody's playing like shit. How did Liverpool yeah. do yesterday? Shit. Well, I think, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It was... I think that you can't underestimate how massive that win actually was yeah. yesterday. The fact that, as you say, Spurs and United both didn't look great and took points off each other. Sheffield United got smashed 3-0 by Newcastle. Yeah. Um, you know, to get those three points, especially going into the City game on Thursday where, you know, City looked pretty ominous against um, against Arsenal. And I mate, they're resting mate, Kevin De Bruyne tonight. We could Arsenal. look ominous against playing against <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> you know, but... It was it was massive to get that five points because even if things don't go quite the way we want them to go on Thursday, then you still have a gap at least and you can regroup for you know after the FA Cup. Um, you know it was it was a huge win and sometimes yeah the performance doesn't quite matter as much. I would say the the worry was the from set pieces because I think you don't have to be too rusty to be able to sort out some set the set pieces really. And both times, the only time that Villa really had the chance to put it into the box from that. There were some, you know, scratching around and and just clearing, hacking it away when possible. There wasn't really, it just they struggled to get anything together. And I'd say that that'd be one worry going into it that that still hasn't. Well, been that's that's out. the leadership and the defence issue again. You know, you, you yeah, stick an yeah. experienced, gnarly old centre half who's been around the block and not going to take any shit from anybody, teammates included, and you sort that problem out, Ollie. I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Whether that gets changed in the next nine nine games or so, no, we'll, we'll see what happens. Because they I mean, aren't in the club. No. There's no one nice, and they're all, they're all nice. They're like you know, Graham Sooners called Arsenal a team of son-in-laws. That's kind of like our defence, isn't it? It's a team of son-in-laws. Really... We haven't really got haven't got a nasty bastard. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because well, Cavalier was a nasty bastard. Was. JT was a yeah. nasty bastard. Ashley yeah. Cole was a nasty bastard. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Was... Look, look, I tell you who wasn't a nasty bastard. T- uh, Tim, I'm, I'm really am going demented tonight. I've got yeah. serious. I know. I know. I, I'm. If I could blame it on the drink. I I I I could, but I've been drinking Ollie. coffee all day. You know, Tony. I know, Dan. Uh, Dan yes, Dan. Yes, I got Dan. there in the end. Um, I want to talk about Aspie because I thought he had a really good game yesterday. He got forward with alacrity. 
he was uh, involved in both the goals. Uh, you know, I mean, I know he might be coming down the other side of the bell curve, like we said earlier on, but I, I, I thought he played really, really well yesterday, and he gave Frank uh, that kind of overlapping width that he clearly wants. Yeah, I think he had, he had a really decent game. I think he's he's kind of like the last, one of the few links left from that really great Chelsea side. You know, he's, he was just... Aspie's always going to give you 8 out of 10, week in, week out. He very rarely has a bad game. He's good getting forward. He, he's... You know, delivery was good. If you look at Liverpool, the two players, the, the two full-backs are just phenomenal crosses. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but they missed Liverpool. And, that, and that's, the level, up, that's the level yeah. up. And Dave cannot no. cross properly. I mean, he, when he did, he got a, he got a couple in, but... Uh, He's not that quality, I is think, he? Listen, no. Reese James has got that ability. Obviously, yeah, he, was he, a bit, he was very he rusty yesterday. And he's almost like he'd, he'd just woken up when he came on the pitch. But to, to, but he's got that ability. To, to be fair, chaps, and Jonathan in particular... You know, Klopp realised that um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson were so good that he changed the way Liverpool played to accommodate that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they lucked out by having two full-backs who I think are genuinely world-class. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not anti-Aspi. I, I agree with Jonathan. There, was, there were a lot more shit crosses than there were good crosses that came in from him. Well, yes. That's always been the case, Tony. Yeah, yeah and I, I think at, the thing is, the thing is, about shit cross, bad cross. You look at like Robertson or people like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you only see the cross that lead to goals. You don't see the ten that went behind the goal. Yeah, but it's that, it's that, uh, that, that kind of curved thing. The, it's they, the, the whip, isn't it? It's yeah, the whip, it's the the whip across. The players I mean, comes in from I mean, either side. You know, I mean, Rich James so many goals. Lovely balls in early in the season. Yeah. Let's move it because I know you were all wanting to talk about Ruben Loftus Cheek, and as as is my want, very rudely told to just shut up because we're doing it later uh this is the appointed time and there is no other appointed it's time ruben this time. is the appointed. this is ruben time well done dan thank you um i was personally pleased to see him start um you know i got a lot of love for ruben loftus cheek and i thought what happened to him a year ago was just just so awful hideous, hideous. unnecessary really awful and you know god in when we were younger guys you know that was a career-ending injury Finish wasn't it, it. So it's lovely to see him back. Um, was he at it yesterday? No, he wasn't. But I, 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 I look. I can forgive him for that. He's been out for a long time. It would have been difficult for him coming back. I think you know. Bottom line is good to get some miles under the legs for him, uh, and he will get better. J.K. Well, we hope so, don't we? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I keep going on about this fact that before he was an enormous Hullet-like creature. And it was probably that was giving him all his back problems. And he's now very svelte and, uh, and athletic. But um, uh, Frank wouldn't have picked him if he hadn't, as you said earlier, and if he hadn't been playing, if he hadn't played really well in the Rangers game. And I think perhaps it was just a step too far for him in the, uh, playing at this level this soon. But uh, but it went down to training. If Frank thought he was good enough, he's in. I don't so, you know, step too far. I just think good, he was stuff. out of position. He's not. He hasn't no, no. You said this. You said this he earlier. Yeah. No, I agree. But, he, but he, he just he was playing short. One of you. He was playing short passes. He wasn't hitting it. He wasn't hitting the ball properly. He wasn't. He yeah, didn't seem quite even in the position he was in. He he was um he was a bit off the pace. He was a bit slower than everybody else. And mm. I. Whether I I don't know what you know you you. It's now coming. You know, miles in the tank gives you that. You know, gives you match sharpness, fitness. You can't, you can't, yeah, sharpness. You can't, you can't replicate that in a in a friendly against QPR behind closed doors against a really third-rate side. You know, Frank, Frank's always made it clear that he'll pick players based on their performance in training. Absolutely, Ruben Absolutely. did well. And I think Ruben's his physique is phenomenal. He's strong. He's big. He needs to play in the middle, 
driving forward from midfield, you know, kind of rubbing the box late like Lampard used to do. Because we haven't got that. Because Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic. Ollie said players. earlier, he, he might be playing him there because of the transfer situation with, with, with William. Possibly. And but so, then you think, well, I'd, I'd rather, you know, stick Callum out one and give him some time. He's, he's injured He's back in training. He wasn't match fit for the squad. One of the things I would say about Loftus-Cheek, um, I'd be interested to hear what Ollie has to say about this. He's a bit closer to the camp, <clears throat> the camp than we are, but Loftus Cheek, having now watched him for what two, two and a half years at Chelsea, in and around the first team, he yeah. gives me the impression that he's a confidence player. I think we saw Loftus Cheek at his best playing for Chelsea when he had had a run. He felt part of the team. He felt he belonged, and his confidence came out. And you suddenly started to see glimpses of what a phenomenally good player he can be the kind of player that we saw bullying uh younger teams when he was in the youth side but i i think it's a mental thing you know i think he just needs needs he's the kind of player he's not the kind of player you kick up the arse he's the kind of player you put an arm around and and say look i believe in you you are phenomenal go out and prove it to me what do you think ollie yeah absolutely i think it was just more crucial for him to get minutes more than anything else i know you know, we could talk about it not being in his preferred position. I do completely agree with that. But for it to have been, and I know what JK said, you know, he, you know, these are professional footballers and they should, you know, if they're ready, you know, they should be there. But for not to have played a professional game since May 2019, yeah. mentally, that would have had an effect. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, I managed to speak to him slightly after one of the under-23s games just before the lockdown. And, you know, he said he was feeling good and everything was kind of coming back to, to the way it was. But it, it will take time. And just and that sort of taking that next step where you can trust the body to, to do what you want to do when you've had such a serious injury like that. Because he had a lot of setbacks from the injury as well. It was You know, Callum had a very similar injury and he was able to recover a lot quicker. But Ruben had a lot of setbacks. And yeah. so that will have some effect. And I just think to give him the minutes, to give him the start, he probably won't start against City. I would have thought I'd expect... Pulisic to come in and start on Thursday you know that was that was a crucial thing for him just to get back underway and you know he didn't play particularly well but you know at the end of the day they still won the game and he got minutes so yeah, yeah it's, it's good for him because Callum had the same injury they both they both really struggled to hit top four since they've come back because I think as you know as Chidja said time and time it's a psychological thing because yeah. you're worried about getting hit again and it is one of the more serious injuries as well going for, yeah. for players yeah it's you know, probably up there with really, ACLs isn't it it's, it's, or, you know it's a horrific injury and uh, you know it just it just needs a bit of time really and I think mm. you know as you say it wasn't his best position it wasn't his best performance but you know give it give it a give bit him, of yeah. give him time minutes, three, three points that's all he needed wasn't it yeah, um, exactly. I kind of want to wrap this part up with a bit of a eulogy to Mason Mount who for some extraordinary reason well, apart from the fact that Twitter's a cesspit, um, of, a cesspit of stupidity and indolence, but um, and fabrication and fabrication. Apart from from bona fide journalists, Jonathan, remember we learnt our lesson yeah, last yeah. week. Remember yeah. that it's on record now. Well, I've just been naked. Excuse well, me. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, so don't let it happen again. We can't bear it. Uh, but you know, <laughs> wh- why is it? Why is it he gets such a hard time on, on on social media? I'm talking about Mason Mount. I mean, I thought he was really good for us yesterday. I tell you what, you know, I I, I would happily vote for him as our player of the season. He he he's, he he gives a hundred percent every match. He plays with a he, smile on his face. He's got lots of talent and ability. Frank great. clearly loves him and rates him. What is there not to? But the only thing you can have against Mason Mount, and I speak as somebody who grew up in Hampshire. It's that he, that he supports Portsmouth. Other than that, he's unimpeachable. 
I'm going to say what I think here, right? If he was playing for any other team, we'd be going, how come we can't bring youngsters through yeah, like that? Absolutely. That's what we'd be saying. In fact, you'd probably be having a conversation now about saying, if he was playing for Bournemouth or someone like that, is it worth putting a bid in for him? That's what we'd be saying. And I don't understand. Well, I, I do, look, there's, a, there's some absolute parcels on, on Twitter who, you know, <laughs> uh, have got this kind of not my player or this anti-Mason Mount thing going. Guarantee you they've never stepped inside a football stadium in their life. Let alone a football pitch. Yes. And and I just think basically bollocks to them. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, you, you listen to all of the pundits. When you when I hear Graham Soonis praising a player like Mason Mount, to me, that carries far more weight than some arsehole on Twitter. Because Graham Soonis whether you like him or hate him, has been there, seen it, won it, got the T-shirt, right, and knows football. Knows football hugely. So, you know, that's what I go by. I think Mason Mount is absolutely superb and a fantastic prospect, not only for Chelsea, but for England going forward. What the other thing about it is, I think, as you rightly say there, Tony, is that the people that aren't at the game don't see is the other side to his game, not just when he's on the ball. I think that's... When you talk to when you know Lampard's talked about him and Mount had a bit of a goal drought. I can't remember exactly how long it was, but he hadn't scored for a while. And so, you know, as you say, some people on Twitter only see one side of the game, and when you're on the ball, don't appreciate just how hard he works and yeah. presses. And he's so crucial to what Lampard wants to do and setting the tempo. And I think we have to remember. I think there's only one game that he's not featured in in all competitions, something like that. It's just been, you know, his energy. He was the sharpest on the pitch for me yesterday. I thought he started off brilliantly and, and kind of carried that on through through yeah. most of it. He gives so much more to that team than just on the ball side, which is what Lampard loves about him. Talking of which, uh, Ollie, and, and I meant to ask you this about, about Ruben as well, but how important do you think that Ruben and Mason Mount are to Frank Lampard's Chelsea going forward? Yeah, very, very important. I think, well, for the for these nine you know, nine games, Ruben is, is like a new signing for Frank, isn't it? I mean, he's not had the chance to really work with him massively and he could have a, a huge impact going forward. I think if you look at what they're, they're trying to build, and we talked about this earlier, you know, if Lampard is given the time to to not just bring him through this year, but over the next two or three years, you know, these players would have learned a massive amount from their first season in the Premier League. I think sometimes we forget that, the likes of Tamori and Mason Mount and, you know, Tammy Abraham is his first year as Chelsea's number nine. And, you know, I know obviously he had that stint at Swansea, but Jesus, he hardly got much service at Swansea when he was there. You know, it, this this season will just be huge for them to be playing Champions League football. But over the next couple of seasons, they will mature so much quicker than a lot of a lot of players that maybe you would bring in, for, you know, 24-year-olds that you might bring in from, from overseas. I think they're going to be massive for them as long as they you know, can continue to harness. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next year with the likes of Ziyech and Werner and, and seeing how they come up against, you know, Mount and Loftus-Cheek and, and the selection problems that Lampard will probably have on his hands next year. Mm, interesting stuff. OK, boys, I think it's a good uh, a good juncture. Oh, no, Jonathan's coming in with a late one. Just wanted to mention uh, Rhys James' peculiar performance. Well, for two minutes. Yeah, a bit yeah, rusty. Well, well, he gave the ball away four times in that and they uh, Villa almost scored twice from, from his area. I'm not going to make any so, judgment calls based on ten minutes. You know, I, 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 I just really think people have gone mad. 
What happened? <laughs> I thought he must have a strange relationship with the manager suddenly. I just thought he was just bizarre. He, he, he was poor. Back. He didn't run he, back. He, he, was, so he was poor. He was poor. He was so oh, poor. It was... Okay, we won 2-1. Oh, yeah, come End on. Of... He contributed to the, the, uh, you know, the nerve-shattering last 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 but the whole team did. I mean, Kante taking down Grealish was a great yellow card for the team towards the match where he was running at them. They just pulled him down. He's a good player, isn't I mean, he, Grealish? Yeah, but he still has bloody feet. Jesus. And one thing I can't understand is he um, socks rolled down. You've won nothing in the game. You need to keep your socks up until you win something. No, he's still up. He's got little shin pads there. He's got his little. Yeah, pull your socks up. Here. Literally, pull your socks up. Tell Julie to stop carbs. throwing the cutlery. He's got huge carbs. Sorry. Have you not noticed? Right. Okay. Enough. Time out, you two. Um, right. My old mate, actually a massive friend of Jonathan. Jonathan's best friend on Twitter, actually. Uh, goes under the sobriquet Chelsea Independent, also oh, known, Pete. Good also Pete. known as Pete Sampson. Now, of course, Pete used to do um, CFC uh, Net, which was a, which still is a brilliant, brilliant website. And Pete's got a lovely offer, very much in the vein of Marco Worrell and his Gate Seventeen stuff. But Pete's offering a free Kindle book, which is a small recollection of Chelsea's history pre-Roman, so from 1999 to 2003, only available for five days. But it's a lot of the writings on CFC. Uh, net, which as I said, I've written for it a long time ago, so it's it's a great, great, great website. So Pete's kind of compiled that into a bit of a Kindle book. Um, all you have to do is Google CFC Net before the Roman Empire, or search CFC Net before the Roman Empire on Amazon, and it's free until midnight on Friday. Get on it, people! You will not regret it. Right, we're going to have a short break, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to talk about the forthcoming uh, Man City match on Thursday. No doubt I'll uh, be including a bit of chat about the running and stuff like that as well. So we'll see you in a sec. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. We're into part three of a four-part uh, episode, as they always are. And I am Stanford Chidge, and I have to say, it, it's an absolute delight uh, to be talking about substantive football tonight with some great people. The first among equals being Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Buonasera. Lovely. Mr. Going from uh, right to left, Tony Glover. Um, good evening, and it's um, let. Excitation dans modération. Excitement in moderation. Okay, thank you. I've learned something tonight. Now, I'm going, I'm actually going clockwise. And uh, last but not least, Mr. Dan Chiellini Silva. <laughs> Cabella. There we go. Very, very well done. Well, you, well, give yourselves a round of applause. You're very, very well there. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, now we're going to talk about. Uh, we got a map. We got. I mean, this is the thing, man. I mean, pretty much every week for the rest of the season, we're going to have two games to talk about which is quite exciting, whether it be two games we played or one coming up or whatever. Anyway, round and round and round we go again, and we've got Man City coming up <clears throat> on Thursday night. I have to say uh, a little bit of mixed feelings about this. This is the first match at Stamford Bridge. Uh, clearly, all four of us would have been there. Uh, Jonathan, in, actually, that's the other interesting. Almost, We're almost kind of symmetrical, although we're, we're missing a representative from the shed end, but Dan is, would, would be in the west lower me and Tony uh, in Matthew Harding Upper, Jonathan in the East Middle, we're not allowed to go. So it's going to be very, very weird. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that aspect of it. And, and I, to be honest, I never really look forward to playing City either because they have that capability to wallop us. I mean, we've won three of the last uh, ten against them, uh, lost the last two, both up there. We, we did beat them last year at home, 2-0, of course, for those who care to remember. Anyway, um. I've kind of done my little bit of homework, boys, about the run-in. Because, mm. as you know, before before uh, this all got kind of, uh, you know, put on the back burner, I was quite excited about doing this. I've now taken the dates away. But uh, I, I've kind of included anybody who's kind of in reach. Uh, so we're on 50, 51 points for fourth. United and Wolves, fifth and sixth, 46 points. Then Sheffield United on 44, Spurs 42 and Palace have crept up to ninth and forty-two. I, I would say, I would say that I think you know Spurs and Palace will find it hard to catch us unless we are really particularly stupid. Sheffield United got a bit of a hammering the other night, uh, so I think it's really you know between us, United, and Wolves for the fourth spot. And what worries me, and this is what I've shaded in yellow. Uh, the, the the games that I've shaded in yellow are what I consider to be tough games, uh, and they're a tough game if they are against somebody who is a kind of in there or thereabouts in the table as mm. you, or if it's a derby, okay, which is always puts London clubs at a disadvantage. But if you look at our tough games compared to United and Wolves, I'd say we have got a far harder task over the next eight games than they have because we've got City, West Ham, Palace. Sheffield United, Liverpool and Wolves. That's tough compared to United, who I think of, of their matches remaining. The only tough matches they've got are Sheffield United, uh, Man, uh, uh, Crystal Palace and Leicester. I think Brighton... And hang on, hang on. Wolves have got Sheffield United, Palace and, and us. So, 
I mean, what do you think? I think we've got a tougher proposition, so we can't afford to screw up. That's kind of my punchline on that. I, I, know, I think you're you're thinking of teams though, um, pre mm. pre uh, the lockdown. And, Good point. Um, and because uh, I thought Brighton were exceptional the other day, and um, and I think they're going to be really fighting. And I think therefore it's um, the Man United Brighton game is much more difficult for United than uh, than you think. And I also think the Villa game, well, I don't think, I think Villa will defend, well, he'll work something out. And Southampton are no mugs, played very well the other day. And Palace are no mugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got that. And also, well, the problem we've got with West Ham, of course, is we just always seem to perform bizarrely against them. And it's like a cup final for them. Yeah. But, there won't be, but there won't be any crowd. So yeah. uh, West Ham are going to need points. They're going to have to come attack us. They're not going to be able to sit back. Yeah, yeah. And so when that 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 happens, then we're, 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 the number of times we've found it difficult to break down defensive teams this season. And I think we're fantastic going forwards. Especially so, on the counter. Yeah, on the counter. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm not as pessimistic. I actually think also, I think Leicester aren't, aren't going to be as good as, uh, as, they, as they were, as like Sheffield United, pre, um, pre-lockdown. I think, I think Leicester are going to drop points. And it won't just well, be about finishing fourth. It'll be about finishing third. Well, don't forget also quite a lot of times what happens with Man City because if they get their ban, then fifth spot goes to yeah. Champions League as well. Yeah. well so that, that, yeah. that could be quite... Yeah. Quite we, we don't find that out until July, do we? No. No, second week of July, I think it is. Mm. Well, Dan, Tony, do you, share, do you share JK's optimism? And uh... I, I, I we're, we're, we're in a pole position. We're five points clear. So that means we've got to lose at least two... Through two games of draw five to be caught, assuming nobody drops points. I would argue that um, out of those games, City's the hardest. Um, in some ways, although they've well, what blown, about Wolves? Well, they've blown as hot. Wolves and could be could be inconsequential by that point. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you've blown hot and cold for them this season. Okay, uh, Wolves. Um, no, you no Europa to worry about. Um, yeah, I think they're probably a, a threat. Then I look at um, uh, I look at. Watford, a look at Palace and Sheffield United. Look, both them teams would be happy. They would they would have taken mid table, right, at the start of the season. So I think they, by the time we come to meet them, I know it's only a couple of weeks away. There could be a touch of on the beach about them. Uh, Norwich down, already gone, done and dusted. So yeah, definitely fightful. And then I look at what United have got, and they've got teams that are in trouble that are not down in trouble. They've got. Brighton, they've got Bournemouth, they've got Aston Villa and Southampton. Those teams will be absolutely fighting every bit of the way. So I'm not quite sure it's as cut and dried as that. You know, we whereas we're not playing much in the way of relegation fodder apart from um, Norwich. You know, Watford and T- I mean Watford are on a great run. Nigel Pearson's turned them into a. But they're not um, safe yet either. No, they're not. And so I think. Um, when I look at it, I think it, it balances itself out. I argue, I'd, I'd look at what you've got there and say, Wolves have got what looks like the, the, the plum ties, really. Um, you know, not least of all because they've got Arsenal. Um, yeah. But uh, they, you know, they, 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 they've got Palace. So I, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I mean, we've got a five point advantage, and I still say this is you, you're into the last five or six holes um, of the of the game of golf. When will we be? I want to be dormy too, mate. Yes, of course you do. Yes, of course you do. And but you know, um, it's about keeping keeping your head. And uh, I mean, the city game. Uh, you know, for me, that's going to be a a toughie, but leveled out a bit by the fact that it's behind closed doors. 
Well, on, on the sit- home though, so that goes out the window. Well, I think that exactly. It's it's now irrelevant, isn't it? Because it makes no difference whether you're home yeah. or away. Really, the difference is we thing. get they played two. They've had three games in. They six will. Days, we've had two, but so they've tonight. got they've got a, a day a, a day's less rest. You could argue, and I think and they played on Wednesday, so they've yeah. got. Well, I think exactly. It's swings and roundabouts, Dan, isn't it? Because they've got a day's less rest, which you know. Given that they've the players have had a layoff, uh, that might have taken a bit out of their legs. But as you as you say, they they would have played two games to our one, so they may be more match sharp. So and also got a question: Is is Pep going to put all his eggs into the Champions League basket? Well, wow. because they're not going to win the league, and you know, where's he put his eggs? Yeah, well, that's in, well at the moment. Well, I think a lot will become clearer uh, after. They get the because uh, the thing back about uh, from from UEFA. Yeah, because yeah. then it might be irrelevant what they did in the Champions League because they're not going about you know. Well, indeed, it's all very complicated as it always is. Um, I think they're one nil up at the moment with a, uh, a Phil, Foden. Phil Foden. Yeah, so that's from yeah. what I hear. Irrelevant, really, the result tonight. I mean, just let's hope a Burnley clatter a few of them and injure a few of them. That that's my a usual. Couple of cars, yeah. My usual, really magnanimous hope. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm such a lovely soul, you know. You're, Break you're a few a right legs. Old, you're a right old Corinthian, aren't you? Uh, not I've at all. I've gone off, Burnley. I've gone off since last year when yeah. they, uh, they all abused uh, Sarri. Well, I, don't think, I know we didn't like Sarri very much, but well, some of us didn't more than others. But I, I don't think he deserved <laughs> What do you mean? Abuse. Well, as the in-betweeners said, uh, uh, JK, uh, I like football, but not Burnley. Burnley can Burnley fuck can off. Burnley can fuck off. Yeah. Um, and I agree with those sentiments. Um, now, uh, City, of course, I mean, they're up against Burnley. One would expect them to win that tonight. They made incredibly short work of Arsenal, Tony. But, I mean, we shouldn't really be too deceived by that. Arsenal were down to 10 men, although some would say with David Luiz playing, they would probably have been worse. But, um, you know, they were down to 10 men. I don't think they're a very good side, Arsenal. So I'm not really surprised. I don't think we can really sit here and use that as a barometer. But... It's going to be tough uh, on Thursday. Although, I, I, as I said earlier on, we did we did well against them uh, last November. We only narrowly lost two one. We put up a much better fist of it than we had the year before. That's for sure. Yeah, I think we we and we were arguably unlucky in the um, in in the Mickey Mouse Cup, weren't we? Um, against them, when I think we 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 got stronger as the game went on. Um, look, I mean, City are. Almost certainly going to finish second. It is it's a moot point as to whether that is actually going to mean anything, I guess, other than they finish second. Um, so uh, it's about motivation levels. I, I get a sense from Guardiola that he himself has lost a little bit of love for the Premier League in some of his recent interviews, you know, because uh, he has a bit of a history of when he's not getting his own way, he's, he's, he gets a bit sulky, I think. Yeah, Marty. Um, and, and and that will that will transfer through to the players to some degree, I think. I mean, it's interesting. He's, he's rested De Bruyne tonight with an obvious eye for bringing him back on, um, uh, on Thursday. But I, I you know, I, I we, we I don't think we should be playing the the the, uh, the wallflower anymore. I think you know these young players, they will know a lot about City. They will have a lot of confidence. Um, I agree with you that the home factor makes absolutely zero difference. I, I can't quite understand why the teams weren't prepared to play this mini tournament behind 
closed doors in, ne in neutral grounds um, because it makes not a jot of difference really. Um, but I, I, I would take a draw. I would definitely take a draw um, yeah. out, out of that. I, I would, if we walk away with a draw, I think we would, we would put that down as a job well done. Hundred percent. Yeah, City is still a brilliant side. I think a point from that yes. game is 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 yeah. great. I would love a draw. I would love a draw. I'd love a bloody win, mate. I'd love I mean, a win too. Fenness, we I'd gave love a, a win. We gave we people forget we gave him a good game. The Etihad. We're a bit unlucky in that game. It was a difficult yeah. goal by De Bruyne and got them back into it. So you know we're capable of beating them. So uh, and it goes back to that fear factor thing. I think we had that for a, for a little run under them. Um, you, you remember the one where they beat us three 0 at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Chidge, and yeah. then we went. We retired to the um, uh, what's the what's the pub called? The Tommy Tucker. It was called the Pelican. Uh, uh, Tommy Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Tucker. Tucker. We retired to there afterwards, um, and we all had the same view that we were lucky to get nil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that under um, Gus? Wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. We were yeah. just awful. They were so good. They, Aguero, and, wasn't it? And there was a fear factor there. And I think you know, I think ultimately Frank, better than anybody possibly around at the moment will know how to take that fear factor away from their players, you know, and, and say that they, you know, they are just another team. They haven't done that well this season. Um, I'm wondering whether the three months has allowed them to get over the, uh, the Bayern drubbing because the Bayern. Match yes. Is such a watershed for me. It's yeah. just revealing how completely yeah, but, class they were. Which yeah, I, that's that's the, that's the standard. If they the standard, want to go to a game, that's the level they need to be at. Absolutely. Bayern, were outstanding. But uh, City well, haven't been playing the, uh, as well as they were earlier in the season. No. Right? City have been poor all season. They, they haven't had any sense. They didn't replace company. They've got, they had a lot of injuries, centre-back, and they just, they just, Liverpool, Liverpool have had a perfect storm this season, unfortunately. They've had very few injuries. Everybody's yeah. been like dropping points left, right and centre. And they've, they, they, you know, what's yeah. the last four years have been about? Um, I think you, as, as, as I expect you to, and as you always do, you make some really, really good points there. Um, I, I I mean it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I, I you know I think that on our day we're a match for anybody attacking wise, but I, it does worry me about the defence still. But having said that, you know City aren't going to be whipping in crosses like uh, like Villa did, where we seem to be particularly susceptible. They're not they're not a set piece side. They're going to try and play through us, and I actually think we're a better side defending against teams that try and do that. It's it's the organisation from the set pieces that have been our Achilles this year. So maybe that will play into our hands. Um, let's let's have a think about who's going to start, um, Jonathan. I mean, Tammy or Giroud up front, Pulisic. Giroud, he'll play Giroud. I think Giroud yeah. is um, is the shoe in now for the rest of the rest of the uh, the mini season. Um, uh, uh, I, I think Tammy suits suited early season performances just because the ball was being whipped more quickly, and I think. Um, uh, there was an accuracy about the way we were passing that I have to say, I think we we had moments where we recreated that, but once again, it was playing against Villa just wanted to defend all the time. So um, uh, as you say, I think he'll probably play uh, Pulisic instead of Loftus-Cheek, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays the same team actually, um, uh, just because uh, it was a good point that Ollie made earlier about um, being able to, because you've got the five subs, being able to, to outlast the opposition from a fitness point of view. So, uh, I mean, perhaps Cheek will start. If he doesn't start, I think it'll be, he'll start with Pulisic. Um, uh, and I think he'll, um, I think he'll, I don't know. I think he'll play the same back four. Um, 
I mean, it was interesting to see that Rhys James didn't get a go at right back with with Aspie playing left back, which we thought would be the case. So obviously Alonso has come back into it. I didn't think Alonso had a bad game. Thought he was pretty good. He had some interesting shots. Uh, he got forward a lot. Um, and uh, th th I suppose it was perfect, perfect for him to play because there was very little, very little chance that they would be doing much attacking down the left hand left hand side because they uh, they weren't didn't do much attacking all the way through the game, which I'm sure that Frank had worked out. Um, but I, I, I think it'll be much the same actually, Chidge. I think he'll play uh, Kante in the middle again. Um, uh, question to see whether there are any injuries. I think everybody got through that. Yeah. So I think we'll make one or two changes just purely because of the what's happened with the, the hundred day lockdown and so I think there'll be one or two changes. I think maybe you might see Reese James coming in right back. What and just change it around and have Dave left back again. Yeah. But yeah, yeah maybe. Because, because Marcus is a, isn't a, as good a defender as we've worked out. Well, exactly. if you look at how he played against Bayern. Yeah, yeah, if Sterling's if Sterling or um he could get rinsed, him. couldn't he? A low yeah. point, he could get rinsed, yeah. 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 And so, I think he'll he might change one centre half on if he might bring in. Well, I'd, um, I I think he'll I think he'll keep the centre halves, mate, in spite of the obvious criticism I from see tonight. Zuma coming in. Uh, I, I think I, I think no, I think he I think he'll play he doesn't need great big lumps. He needs he needs agile centre backs against City and I think and, and, and quick ones too. So I think you know, I think we'll stick with that. The decent we said earlier it's a decent passer. He Christian. is he's a good footballer. Uh, Tony, yeah. what what do you reckon? Any changes or or, or, or stick or twist basically? I wouldn't start with Loftus cheek, not against City. I, I I'm all for him getting minutes, but um when it when it's right rather than taking gambles at the beginning on a player who you know, in my view, has fallen behind the other youngsters that have been blooded simply because he's been injured and out for so long. Yeah, you know, um, he's now like a year behind, isn't he? In a way, yeah, yeah. He's, and he's I, 24, he's not a youngster anymore. No. Yeah, I think when I look at it, I think, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm still a fan of, uh, of Barkley, I still think that he probably would have been a better choice uh, just to start the game. Um, uh, and Pulisic as well, um, obviously got a lot to prove, was doing well until he got cropped. Um I can see one or two changes. I, I'm I'm less I'm 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 heading into Paul Crowder's league um here or his little uh, you know anti Christiansen thing where I'm I'm thinking not good enough for us. Um and when you talk about agile speedy centre backs I'm wondering why Tamori uh, seems like yeah, he, he has speed and, and attitude, and I just think he—he's probably got. I don't know. Uh, for me, he Tamori hadn't done anything wrong, and he seems to fit better with Rudiger, in my view. Um, and Christensen always looks like a, a bit of a liability. I—is I, Zuma fit? Yeah, Zuma's fit. He's fit, is he? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and uh, there's another player that you know people seem to have a bit of a downer on. He seems to become a bit of a boo boy for some parts of, of the. At the Chelsea Twitterati, if you like, um, and yet has rarely ever let us down. I know he looks like sometimes he he, he doesn't know how to control the ball, but my word, he's a worker. So, you know, I, I'd be looking to drop Christensen maybe to the bench for one of those, uh, uh, and, and certainly not off the cheek. Kovacic, I think, is an absolute must. He's I, a baller. I, he's, he's such a baller. He's a fucking bulldog, isn't he? Yeah, he's he, so good. Well, he'd scare the living shit out of me if I was taking the, the shackles off. You see what a talented player <laughs> is running with the ball. I like him a lot. I mean, look for what it's worth. I actually think that that he'll start Tammy 
because yeah. I, I don't think Giroud is capable of playing two games a week, and it's yeah. something that we've heard heard enough before. So, I would not be surprised to see Tammy start. I think Pulisic will start because I think his his performance uh, on Sunday warrants that. I think Loftus Cheek will be on the bench, but I think he's a good prospect to come on. As I said, I don't think the defense will change. I think I think Rudiger's the best of a bad bunch, so he starts. And I think Frank likes Christensen because he is a good footballer and he's got a bit of pace and you're going to need that against City. I would be very enamoured of uh, Reese James and Aspie starting as fullbacks because I just, as much as I love Marcus Alonso, having seen him get absolutely torn apart by Bayern, I can see that happening against City as well. So for me, Reese James starts. He's a good defender. I mean, the way he shackled... Um, oh God, I'm having a brain fart now. Palace winger that everybody thinks is Zaha. Thank you, Zaha. They're buying um, him next week. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, the way that he shackled him, I think, you know, he, he's a very good defender on his day. So that's what I think. So what do you yeah, reckon I, about the what, what do you reckon about score predictions, Tone? Uh, I'm I'm gonna take uh, a two two. Yeah. I'll say one more thing. I think this is the real uh, a proper test of a, a manager, a young manager is when you've got selection headaches like this, rather than having to pick bare bones mm. where you've little choice and you can absolve yourself of some degree of responsibility because you can literally turn around to the fans and the press and the board and go, well, look, that, that's it, Gav, that's all I've got. He has, an, at the moment, an embarrassment of riches. Um, yeah. and, and that, I think, is, is you know, they'll always have the managers who come out and say, it's a nice headache to have. I'm yeah. not... I'm not convinced it's a nice headache to have when you have yeah. that. Um, 24, you know, 24 players to pick from. If, he, if he's sticking to his original, um, you know, it's what they do and there's no shoo-ins, um, it's who's training the best, who's playing the best in training or whatever, then I'm happy with that. But mm. I, I think 2-2. Two, two. All right, Dan? Mm, well, I, I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be 1-0. I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be a tight, it'll be a tight game. I think one will draw. Happy with that. Point. This is the point. It's a great result. If Frank and Peter's Whitson get three points, even better. Mm, I mean, yeah. three points. If we get three points, that's more that'd bonus. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Be incredible result incredible. for us. I agree. I agree. What do you reckon, JK? Three, three. Okay. Um, you see now that's forcing me into saying four all, isn't it? <laughs> I'm tempted. It's, it's going to be nil nil now. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm with you boys. Actually, I'm, I'm thinking you know a draw. I, I, my guts say a draw, which would not be a bad result. It would still keep, you know, it would still keep five points gap between us and, and United yeah. and, and Wolves. Well, until they play again, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd settle for that. But it'd be lovely to nick a win. We get a win, and that, that as I said, it'll be a real bonus because you know, in a sense, it's not one we're expecting to get a lot out of because they are a no. good side. All right, uh, very quickly, a quick pluggeretti for the uh, the Chelsea special, which uh, is a real labour love of mine. And, and so I tell you what, it's a really it's a good thing to go <clears throat> hand in hand with the fifty years of Chelsea series that we're doing, which we're now splitting out of the main Monday show and doing as a separate show. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Uh, but we've done interviews with Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, Johnny Bumstead, Gary Chivers, Colin Pates, Canners and even Danny Harkins, and they're absolutely brilliant. These guys are really opened up to uh, me and Martin King, and you get some really choice material there. Um, they're all available from chelseaspecial.podbean.com. Uh, they cost £2.99 each. There's a reason why we're charging. It's because we've paid the players uh, a decent amount of wedge 
to get them to do it um and therefore we have to earn that back uh, as well as all the other production costs obviously so but that's cheaper than uh, a packet of uh, much cheaper than a packet of facts it's cheaper than 10 bensons mate you know uh it's uh you know i mean what what else can you buy for 2.99 tony for 199 2.99 oh 2.99 oh god knows mate i i i, I don't shop no. jonathan <laughs> been costos, what a bunch of bananas cheaper than a bunch of bananas dan what's your offering cheaper than a happy meal cheaper than a happy meal i mean he's nailed it nailed it totally nailed it so you know it's not that expensive anyway if you want to go and buy one or all of them all you have to do go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com uh, and then on the home page you'll see all of them uh in a, in a great big kind of you know list and you just you just click on the one you want and uh it'll it'll say buy single episode now click on that it'll take you to the paywall pay your money uh usually by credit card i think and then off you jolly well go uh there is a website chelseaspecial.com and we're also on twitter at chelsea underscore special so do give us a follow and we're also on Facebook, the Chelsea Special. City we're... are three 0 up now, Chelsea. City are three 0 up. Breaking yeah. news. Here we go. Who got the oh. third goal? Mares. There we I go. Got two. Oh. All right. Well, that's a shame, but there you go. Right. We'll be back to read a couple of emails after this break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, uh, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. The final part of a very exciting episode tonight. We're all very happy to see our beloved football back. Uh, Now, one thing... What? Very happy. Very happy. Very. Are you happy, Dan? I'm so happy. I was got the old, you know, the the excitement, the nerves, the tension watching the match when we scored. It's like yes, Dan. I've got to be so. I'm happy to have you back on the fan cast. I love being back. It's been so long. It's lovely to have the Zoom, isn't it? It's yeah. great. Oh, the Zoom yeah. is much, this yeah. Zoom's a way forward. I know. And, see, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, faces. I agree. Because I, yeah. I had I had to furlough half of you. You know, you. Who else <laughs> have I furloughed? Dean, Dane, <laughs> Martin, so chill. Churchill, she got furloughed. Yeah, was that, she's a reason why you all got furloughed because she did that episode when we talked about 1970 and she fell asleep. Yeah, she <laughs> actually fell that. asleep. I can't wait till we get to the early 80s when I can remember stuff. Oh, you know, because I've done the schedule yeah. for that, so you know it's yeah. coming. So there you go. I can't wait. All yes. right, okay, we got I'm a few. Disappointed what? though that Tony, Tony hasn't got this pub in the background. He can get that back if he wants. Oh yeah, I could put that. It's got a Dalek though, which is quite cool. Yeah, and occasionally we get to see his dog Ozzy, which is also lovely. Yeah, that was who was uh, that was who was giving me a little cuddle earlier. There on. you go. There you go. He's oh, out of the pub's back. Oh, what's the what's the magic. pub, Tony? That's the Rising Sun in Clanfield. That's my local pub. I thought we got like Glover's Arms. I think I should just just to, as we're all in the spirit of things, I'm going to put my local, the Black Boy, uh, not very PC pub. Is that it's going to have to? Say, yeah. It's going to have to have it's, it's going to be torn down because you're not allowed to it's use the be, word black anymore. It's going to be called the non-Caucasian yeah. um, gender-fluid arms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's a, it's, do you know why it's called the Black Boy? Chimney sweeps, mate. Yeah, really, chimney really, really sweeps. Joke. No, not on the fan cast, Dan. We'll, okay. get, we'll get taken off there. You can leave those at home. All right, All we've, right. we've now got pub. Tony and me have got our local pubs in the background. None of you can see this, so I can all hear you saying right now, will you just shut the fuck up and get on with it? I couldn't agree more. Right, uh, we do have emails. 
the first one of which is going to be read by Mr. Kidd. This is from Tim Barnard. Hello, Chelsea fancast team. Well, that's us. This communication is a long time coming, but for one reason or another, I've always refrained from adding my own appreciation for all the team does to keep us blues entertained. Thank you for keeping the blue flag flying high during these interesting times. What motivated me to send this missive was something that was mentioned in passing during last week's fan class, Eddie McCready's tenure at the Memphis Rogues as player manager in 78-79. The home of the blues and the birthplace of rock and roll is my hometown. And by happen chance, well expressed, for one year, McCready called it home too. As I was on a youth club team, which was supposedly more competitive than a normal recreational league, the coaches were always trying to introduce us to the game. The most popular way was always to introduce us to professionals and on what outing. Eddie McCready said something to us and, and on what, anyway, and what, I'm sorry, and on what some outing, Eddie McCready said something to us. I don't recall what it was because at five, <laughs> I still ran after the ball no matter where it went. Tactics at the age of five were probably too high a bar. My father knew who McCready was and obtained a photo of him with his perfect 70s hair and moustache in a Chelsea shirt. My dad got McCready to sign it to me. It went up on the wall, although I had no real idea who he was. Fast forward about 20 years, JK or Chidge, feel free to make fast forward sounds if you're inclined. Any good? Anyway, all right. I forgot. I forget all about it about McCready and Chelsea. From 96 to 98, I was reading my master's at TCD, Trinity, Dublin. And before the first weekend, my new roommate, Brian Curran, asked me if I supported anyone. I must have had a glassy eye look for a second because he volunteered. I support Arsenal. Something deep in the back of my mind went click. Oh, I support Chelsea. I'd made my declaration, nailed my colours, spelt C-O-L-O-U-R-S for J-K. Thank you very much, Tim. <laughs> to the mast, and that was that. I was Chelsea. The end. All the best, Tim. Brilliant. Well done. All because of Eddie McCready. Yeah. Good old Eddie. Good old Eddie Mac. Love these stories. They're so, so much finally heal these stories how people became fans oh, i love the fact that he he went to uh, he went to dublin to do his degree tcd well. yeah, yeah i nearly yeah. went there did you yeah yeah you'd be speaking like that now wouldn't you chidge ah so i would be oh you would be hello that's why i like a, a touch this of the, the dark stuff i like a touch of the dark stuff the guinness, that's you do. Yes. The you're, guinness. Not to say, you're not allowed to say that anymore oh no i like i like a stout am i allowed to say that yeah <laughs> No, what I did, because uh, my dad, my mum and dad were living in, in Dublin at the time, and I was a lazy tow rag, so they thought I might not get into a decent university. So dad reckoned he could pull a few uh, strings and get me into TCD. But uh, in the end, I elected to go to a really rubbish scumbag university in London. Anyway, enough. Right, uh, now this is an email from the lovely Ramsey Shemas, who, of course, oh, is shed upper hey. in Mixler. And, uh, and as Dan and I know, we've worked with Ramsey for many years on the Supporters Trust board, and he's an absolute diamond geezer and he says hi chidge jk and guests just a quick email to say thanks for the walks down memory lane in your excellent series on the 70s during lockdown having not bothered to even think about football for the first few weeks of this unprecedented period too busy impersonating florence nightingale it was a pleasure to switch off real life and revisit an incredibly unstable decade chris mears might not agree but what a catastrophic way to run a club uh, the series brought back so many long-forgotten memories, and your guests, and of course JK, were excellent. Regarding the many games at Orient, 
I think I can help clear up one mystery. After they knocked us out of the FA Cup, they drew Southampton in the next round, and lo and behold, the walls went again. Only this time, some poor soul broke a leg. The press finally stopped echoing the Orient chairman and his talk of pneumatic drills, ETC, and investigated. It turned out that the restraining walls at the front only had about three or four inches of foundation. No wonder they collapsed under pressure. Like so many grounds in those days, not fit for purpose. I remember reading about it in the Evening Standard when this was revealed. Like Liverpool's chairman after Heysel, I suspect no apology was forthcoming from Orient's. Uh, On a lighter note, well, hopefully it will give you a laugh, last week's episode brought back memories of one of the worst weekends of my life. It was bad enough raking over the coals of our 4-2 home defeat to Shrewsbury, but for me, it was just the filling in a shit sandwich. I was dumped by my girlfriend on the Friday night, we were stuffed by Shrewsbury on Saturday, then I broke my leg playing football for the second time in nine months after 14 weeks. Another 14 weeks in plaster loomed. Deary me, Ramsey. Uh, as as Morrissey once sang, I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was terrible. Uh, I really hope you keep the series going. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and the 80s deserve the treatment. More ups and downs than a politically incorrect metaphor. Hope to bump elbows at the stall or the cock sometime soon. Ramsey. Well, I mean, mate, he's, he's nailed it there, Jonathan, hasn't he? I mean, you know, great, 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 great email. I, I love the reference to Chris Mears. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Dear old Chris. I, I love Chris to pieces, yeah. Who would absolutely disagree with it. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I've got I've got news for Ramsey and all of you. Uh, if you were listening last week, you'll know this already, but because, that, I mean, and honestly, this whole 50 years of Chelsea thing uh, where we basically, each week, we're going to do a year from 1970 for, for 50 years, because obviously, you know, 50 years since we won the FA Cup for the first time. Um, and we kind of did it as a bit of a lockdown thing because there was no football to talk about. But actually, they've, they've been getting so much love, as as all of the boys here know. I mean, we're getting emails every week. People are saying on Twitter, etc., etc., etc. That I just thought it was really, really, it'd be really rude not to continue. Obviously, we now have football back. So the Monday show tonight has kind of reverted back to how it normally does. We talk about the football and all the rest of it. Uh, but on Tuesdays, usually, unless Chelsea are playing, we'll then record. Uh, the next episode of the 50 Years of Chelsea. And then I'll release that on Tuesday night, Wednesday, whatever. And then, of course, on Friday, we've still got the My Chelsea's, although I've been very remiss at getting those up. But there's loads of those coming too. So you're going to get three shows a week. Not kind of like one long show cut up into little parts and distributed throughout the week. No, three mega over an hour long bloody shows, mate, because we're hardcore, aren't we, boys? Indeed, yeah. we're hardcore. They, they didn't get enough. I, I feel like a sergeant major here. That's not loud enough, boys. Are we hardcore or not? We're hardcore. hardcore. So yes, sir. Yes, better, better. Not good enough, but but better than it was. Anyway, so Monday night, normal fan cast. Normal service has been resumed. Tuesday night, straight Wednesday, fifty years of Chelsea. Friday, my Chelsea, with one of the chaps doing an interview with me about how they became a Chelsea fan. I think you know. If we hadn't already won two awards, I think that would be enough to get us an award. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. Just remind you very, very quickly that if you want to get an email read, for God's sake, send them in before Monday. Somebody sent one in later, but he'll be in next week. But send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com. Or, of course, send them to Instagram and Dane will tip me the wink. Or, of course, send them to Patreon. And talking of Patreon... 
um, I should tell you that it's a rather lovely thing, Patreon. Uh, you know, patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Go there and donate a bit of money just to help us keep the show going. Uh, it is quite expensive to, to keep this thing running. So, you know, it all helps. But it just it's nice for you to show your appreciation. Maybe you can't come and buy us a beer if you live in the States or something. It's an easy way to do that. And occasionally, well, I mean, you know, I would say we would give you some some exceptionally good premium content, like me and Jonathan recording a post-match video outside Stamford Bridge. <coughs> no, because we're not allowed to. But uh, somebody's raised the spectre, uh, or sphincter, I'm not quite sure which, uh, of a Q&A, Jonathan. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I think we'll sh- you and I will schedule one in, maybe once a month, whatever, once a fortnight. We'll do a special yeah, Patreon uh, yeah. Q&A. And I, do you know what? I saw... I saw um, the mugs that somebody put on Twitter. Yeah, they were great, weren't they? Yeah, I think we should get some of wow. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe give a few out to the Patreon people. So there's lots of good reasons to join. It's also a really, really good way of, of getting all getting all of me, your Uncle Chidge. Aye. So there you go. Uh, right, I think that's enough. We ought to go home. Um, I can tell you, um, that, as we'll see, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back next Monday. Sorry, I'm stuttering because these boys here on Zoom keep changing their backgrounds. It's really, it's really. Suddenly, I find that Tony's in outer space, and so is Jonathan. Something that I've known for years, obviously. But anyway, that I'm afraid is all we've got time for this week. We will be back next Monday to look back at both the Man City match and something we didn't talk about tonight, which is of course the FA Cup match against Leicester. Uh, we got them on Sunday in the uh, in the cup, so that'll be interesting. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also be looking ahead, hopefully, if we have a bit of time, to the West Ham match, which is also happening next week. I'll be joined by Jonathan, of course, and Clayton Beerman and Joe Tweedy. So there you go. They're, they're all returning to the fold. Now, uh, as I said, uh, tomorrow night we're recording the next episode of 50 Years of Chelsea, which will be uh, with Jonathan and myself joined by Kelvin Barker. Now, Kelvin oh. is the author of The definitive book on Chelsea in the 80s. Celery representing Chelsea in the 80s. If you haven't got a copy, go and buy it now. It, 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 it's the benchmark. Isn't it, Dan? It's the benchmark. That's fantastic. I love it. it I've read it like three times. Yeah, me too. And he's also written Chelsea Here, Chelsea There, which is about one match in uh, 1984 when Chelsea returned to Division 1. Uh, so there we go. So there's no better person to look back on the 80s uh, than uh, than Kelvin, and we're going to get him on four times during this decade, I promise you. Uh, but the first one tomorrow night is the 1980-81 season, when we were shit. Uh, now, um, okay, and as I said, we've got another edition of My Chelsea. I'll try and get Mark Meehan's up uh, this week, uh, but there are many, many more, so keep a look out on those. And of course, Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFC.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other things as well. Uh, and uh, you can get hold of them on this app, you know, called CFC Blues. All the all the Chelsea podcasts, including us, are available on the CFC Blues app, as they say here. Right, uh, Twitter time, boys. I, I I'm bored of reading this out. So, Dan, what's your Twitter address? Uh, Dan Silver seventy three. Tony, what's your Twitter address? At Grosser Jack UK. Jonathan, what's your Twitter address? It's at Jonathan Kidd. That's J O N A T H A N K Y double D. Just think of the jelly. Key jelly. K-Y. Uh, all the boot, all nice boots at the end. <laughs> yeah, K-Y double D. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Go there on. we go. Oh. You can rely on me and Dan to get the smut in yeah. there somehow. Yeah, really Jonathan. No, uh, other other Twitter handles are available at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge. Uh, Marco at Gate Seventeen. Marco Dean at Dean Mears. Joe at Joe Tweedy. Clayton at Goalie Fifty Nine. Martin at Martin Wickham. Liam at Liam underscore Toomey. And the lovely Alex at CFC GWLB. And of course, we're on ChelseaFancast.com. Check it out and Instagram and Facebook. I'm bored of reading this rubbish. I want to talk to the boys again. Um, Dan, it's been just really so much fun being back talking about football, even if we're not allowed to go, which is a bit shit. Just the fact that we can talk about some substantive football again with you lot on a Monday night. It's absolutely delightful. I was feeling rubbish before tonight and now I'm feeling great. Me too, yeah. Now that I'm not at work, I can do fan cards, which is great. Yeah, there is that too. Yeah, Yeah, that is good news. Great to see you, mate. Thank you. Yeah, Tony, uh, I've obviously seen a fair bit of you, thanks to the 1970s, but it's lovely to be back talking about the football again properly, isn't it? And, 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 and our meeting in the, in, the, in the Zoom arms on a Friday evening. Well, indeed, yes, a bit of virtual pubbing, which we, uh, we do like to do. Uh, I've got my bo- box of ales down here. You hear that? <laughs> Good man. That's all ready for Friday. Very appropriate in that setting. Yeah, yeah, it is. So there you go. Uh, Jonathan, obviously, I've seen you every week during lockdown. How are you managing? Because I love you, man. You know, Uh, honestly, it makes my Monday nights worthwhile. And you're you're more reliable than anything at all, ever. You're always there, late. By the way, way, are you aware that this is homage, this, this, uh, the soul patch and the moustache? To whom? David Crosby, 1969, The Birds. Yeah. So all I have to do now is grow my hair so it's to my shoulder like that and start free basing and have a revolver with yeah you. and then yeah. shoot into the sky yeah. a lot yeah, yeah, i'd pay yeah. money to see that yeah and I, I should say mate fair play to you for um you know singing you are my chelsea starkers as your forfeit i thought that was very big of you thank you very well, much it might be the wrong word okay but... it was very <laughs> very uh well, nobody, nobody saw because i was tasteful very amply, ampl- yeah. He had the smallest scarf ever seen covering up his vitals, ever. mate. But a nineteen, but a nineteen seventies awake, awake scarf. The red and the green genuine, and the white, genuine one, absolutely from the era. Right, it's about it's time. Fifty years for, old. Oh my god! It, it's about time for us to bugger off. I think we've been here long enough. Uh, so that is what we're going to do. Uh, you lot in Mixler, as always, you've been brilliant. Thank you for joining us as ever, and I look forward to seeing you lot. Uh, again, uh, you know, next next Monday night. And do enjoy the other stuff that's coming out this week. I know you will. Right, thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.